0: Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net
1: I'll to do that over again Christopher Media, let's make some noise
0: From Asmic Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan It's unregimented
1: Gangsters what's some guys
2: And now, here are your hosts Number 185.2 Second take for us. First try for you guys. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm Chris. Now.
1: I'm Aaron.
0: I'm Rich.
2: Uh, well, uh, uh, shotgun full of news this week as we were talking. <laughs> we're joking in the, the the first ten minutes that you'll never hear. It's yeah. What we have this week. I think,
1: I think it's worth repeating so we get it on tape because that's what this week felt like. I, I likened it to Homer's makeup shotgun that he shoots Marge in the face with. Uh, <laughs> Only for news in that's what news it felt like. form. Every every day, I would wake up, I'd go sit down on the toilet, open up my browser, pack the shotgun, and just blast my face myself in the face with a bunch of <laughs> fucked up news and blast something into the toilet. Is your yes,
2: that's right. Fucking reaction. Great image. Donald Trump did what? <laughs> hey, you know, the good news is you're five pounds lighter. He did just about everything. I know he. he, he
1: He's starting to lose his goddamn mind. This is the week. Well, not starting.
2: He's starting to let it
1: show. Well, what's kind of entertaining about this is we're starting to see some of the... Well, not starting to, but we're seeing more of the struggle of him versus his own administration. Like, okay, I know you're angry about this, but let's not tweet right away. And, you know, let's prepare this statement that that we'll have you sign. And then as soon as he gets on air, as soon as he gets his his fingers on Twitter. It's wild card. Completely disregards everything that they said. President wild card.
0: Pres- yeah, he's the Charlie Day of uh, yeah. Washington.
1: Right. Probably has that same it outfit, like, too. Can we get away with firing Comey? Yes, but only if you don't contradict anything that we say on Twitter or on television. Well, there you go.
2: <laughs> so, no. And four months in, we already have a... S- uh, not special prosecutor, special counsel. Special, yeah, special Either counsel. Way, four, four months in, that is a, that is a land speed record.
1: I thought there was a difference, but apparently they have the same power. It's just a, just a term. I don't know why uh, he's not being called a, a special counsel, but it's um. Oh crap! What's his old name? Him and Kenneth Starr hang out together. No, this was the this is the old FBI director. Um. Damn it.
2: Hold on. It won't take much. Trump special counsel. Do you see, there you go. Uh, come on, Internet.
0: <laughs> Hope you get a better answer than mine. I
2: put in old FBI director, well, J. Edgar but, Hoover. Yeah, thanks, who, asshole. We I go. appreciate who that. Who is Comey. Trump special counsel? Comey?
1: No. <laughs> Wouldn't that
2: be great? Wouldn't that be
1: amazing if Rosenstein just said "Uh, We're going to appoint this guy That I just recommend be fired To be special counsel Because I I completely regret firing I mean, this is the closest that he could have done To actually just appointing Comey to it Because, no, it's not Cohen Robert Mueller Yes, thank you, Robert Mueller Apparently Robert Mueller and Comey are pretty tight And, uh, yeah they're, they're very similar in their in their style from what I hear well, Comey's Coley, so, a
2: nut job from what we hear today right oh We're yeah that drunk? was that was the latest
1: we had some transcript you know we I just heard the state, so i i 'm not even sure where it came from. the fact that he he was heard to have said in the meeting with the russian ambassador, ambassador and the foreign minister that he Got, he fired the FBI chief. And so that uh so he won't have any more problems with this whole Russia thing. And he had to get rid of him because he was a quote nut job.
2: He made you president, man. <laughs> well.
1: Look, there's a lot of factors. Hey. So uh, I don't... Well, oh, this, wait,
2: wait. What was what that said? Or no, what, was that last week or this week where he better hope that the tapes never come out? The we tapes, better hope the tapes never come out.
1: The tapes haven't been mentioned since, curiously. And there are... uh There's plenty of people asking directly if there are any tapes or transcripts. I think it went from there are tapes, then there might be a transcript, to oh, I didn't say that. You... <laughs> 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 And, you know, after it came out from uh, Comey's memo... We live here, by the way, everybody. His memo that he wrote up after he met with Trump said that during that meeting, that day that he wrote the memo with Trump, he was asked if he couldn't just let this whole Russia thing go as far as the investigation into Flynn and just be a good guy, you know, be one of the team. You know, because we're all... This is all a club, like Paul Ryan says. Oh, we're, we're, team, all, we're team America? Yeah, we're, we're look, we're, this is just amongst us, right? But I think that Trump is paid by Putin. And then we'll all laugh, but uh, then he says, I'm serious, but this is just amongst us, right? Which is usually how I tell my jokes. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a joke, it was just funny because it's true type of thing. More observational humor from from, from, from Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Wait, what's happening?
0: Go away, Metallica. My question is: this this investigation yes. does it have a does it have an end point, or is it an open? Like, are they investigating?
1: Well, it's definitely a more now.
0: Accusation, or is it a, a con- o- considered an open investigation?
1: Well, consider this: what we have here is what was once. I have three different investigations that were somewhat nebulous in their nature, just l- looking for information. We now have one primary investigation done by the FBI and overseen by the uh, special prosecutor, not prosecutor. Uh, and while the other investigations are still ongoing, they don't really have a lot of power anymore because they they can't overrule what the the special prosecutor finds also the it was revealed today that the focus of the investigation is gone beyond mere just did we find something weird going on investigation to we're looking to prosecute somebody for what went down it is a criminal investigation. Now, is this going to leave Trump scarred? I mean, it's inevitable. It has to scar Trump in some way, but will he survive it?
2: I mean, after he survived grabbing by the he, pussy,
1: nothing will surprise me. Does he still have an out to say, "Look, I had nothing. I had no idea that that Flynn had anything." You know, I'm pretty because like- I kind of believe him. I kind of believe him when he says that he personally doesn't have any ties to Russia. I believe that he may have heard about people in his administration and their ties to Russia and, and chose to disregard it as fake news. Not
0: after that meeting with the Russian media.
3: Yeah, well, uh-
0: that's
1: To me, That's the, that's the
0: smoking gun where he just got too cocky and he just did his dirt way out in the open. And then to come out and say... That if he did share anything with them, that's his right. Really, that's your well, that, in, that's in a close meeting with, with state-run media from a, a so-called. I don't. Want, we we what we're not calling Russia enemy, but they're definitely not friendly. So they're what, an associate.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is this is this <laughs> is what this is what hit me. I don't know what you call them. <laughs> Go ahead. This is what hit me. Imagine four years ago, Obama sending the media, the U.S. media out, and having a talk with state-run media from China? There would be riots in the streets right now. People would say he just sold out our entire country in that little bit of time. Hmm. And I'm not saying that's what we need to do.
1: If Obama said Putin's not so bad, we've done horrible things too as a country.
0: There would that, have been oh, a sure. lot
1: of liberals saying, "Well, he's talking about slavery," and a lot of conservatives going, "Traitor."
0: What my point and is, the- is that I'm, I'm beyond. I'm beyond what what. Letter is after your name, right? This is this is horse shit.
2: Yeah, this is like criminal activity. This right. is this is you in a relationship with a
0: woman who's cheating on you, but doesn't even try to hide it anymore because right. she thinks you're that fucking. Stupid. John Oliver had the well,
2: best term for him on Sunday: Schrodinger's asshole. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <He's, laughs> yeah. I, so this week, you know, I was kind of a little bit gleeful at times. And it wasn't so much just watching the uh, Trump administration in a tailspin. It was kind of uh, a writing of the nation in my mind that this wasn't all going to go unnoticed, that you're never going to be able to convince all of his supporters of what he truly is. But that we do have a process to stop crazy people like this from taking over the country. So that was very heartening. But... I don't
2: know, there's three things that come up in my head whenever... The word impeachment has thrown on a lot this week. It sure has. Number one, it was a Clinton fit- got convicted of perjury, kept his job, served out the rest of his term. Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, just one thing. Well
1: Nixon? Well it, it Nixon doesn't was Im- mean that Nixon you- was impeached but he quit
2: he impeached himself before they could go through sir. the
1: process of removal. No, yeah. no. he was impeached. Well let's get some cl- some terms clear here. Impeachment means finding offense. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't it's, mean it's, it's like removed. when you go to tr- when you go to court you have uh, you have a part of the trial that decides whether you're guilty or not and then another part of the trial that decides what your punishment should be usually in bigger things like you know when you're tried for murder or something like it's that the, sentence, yeah, the, it's sentencing. the sentencing phase right. right so there's the there's impeachment which would have then in Nixon's case most likely followed be followed by a vote of i, I don't recall what you call it but basically no confidence in the president mm-hmm. to do his job I thought that and and things. you remove the president so so Impeachment doesn't mean removal, although it is the first step in removing a president. And uh, well, I forgot what my other one was. Say, Do, well, go ahead. Get you, uh,
2: it, impeaching, removing Trump from office. Yeah. I mean, first of all, impeachment doesn't necessarily guarantee it. But if it happens, you get a president who thinks you can pray the gay away. R- Right. But also a president with. Who is a, but who is, he's a hardline party line mm-hmm. Republican. That's what scares but me about But Pence him. isn't going to get
1: away from this clean either. And he calls this his is, wife mother. That's th- just weird. This is, a, this is another game of stupid or a liar because either he knew about this shit with Flynn, most of all, and didn't say anything, or he was too fucking stupid to know what was going on. But you know who's third in line? In administration. But, but then, Either way, he's guilty. Well,
2: then what's even scarier about that? You know who's third in line, right? Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, is third in
1: line. Right. The guy who said that he knew the whole time that Trump was being paid by the Russians.
2: Well, who's so after you're right. Him? You're,
1: you're right. This doesn't mean that the that, that control cedes to the it's second place like, winner in the election. It's not like
2: Hillary's going to get a phone call. Hey, you're right. It's, it's even like Miss America.
1: Okay. Right. And when you go through this thought process of what comes next, you know, how long will this take, a, take the the uh, the investigation into Trump and then what will it actually take to remove him and then what happens afterwards? And ultimately, you still get to the end of a four-year term where we're going to be voting on a new president and then we'll see if all of this is going to be a backlash against the Republicans that actually puts a lot of liberals in power. Or maybe he'll be the first president if you says, just see Fuck it. even more angered and energized said, conservatives actually bonding together to come up with a viable and not crazy candidate. Because the bigger issue here is, ultimately, for me at least, it's not Trump. It's the people who put him in power. Yes. Whether they agreed with his policies or thought that they could use those uh use his craziness to their advantage, they' are both guilty of
2: you can't make a whole housewife republicans well. <laughs> i want to say guilty
1: it's damn near treasonous to put somebody that crazy in in a position of that much power Look, but especially you don't think if you know
0: people, you don't think these people are crafty enough that there was a at least a group of Republicans sitting there going. Put his ass in power, and we'll set up people who we want in power behind him, who are next in line because his ass ain't going to last four years.
1: Well, they're figuring that somebody's going to be able to keep their hands clean during all this and carry on with all the things that they want to happen.
0: So besides, besides not- praying the gay away and calling his his wife mother and and his stances on things, what the Pence is, as far as I know. I mean, clean as the fucking driven snow when it comes to all this shit going on right now.
1: Well, yeah, but that's why I said that, you know, if he is actually innocent of all this, if he was ignorant of all, he's guilty of being too ignorant to be in a position of power.
0: Well, if if we threw people out of office for being ignorant... Good point. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I mean, he has to get caught dirty or so, with so much smoke. Or to counter, people just go, it's got to be fire there. So there has to be fire there. To
2: somewhere. counter what you say, Aaron, maybe he's smart enough to pre- to position himself next to this ticking time bomb. He's like, I give this guy 16 months and then I'll be president. Huh?
0: I'm just, is anybody else mind, uh. are you guys just mind blown that we are now watching like theater this Machiavellian clusterfuck oh, in front of us. Oh, it's been and, I mean, since it's November not, 8th. It's not... It's, not, it's not, it, They're not even attempting to put it behind the fucking... Well, behind the, the curtains anymore. But
1: uh, that was a point that I was trying to make earlier, though, when I got off track. We know that this really... The, the Trump thing started November 8th when it was like, oh, shit, it's real. The, <laughs> the problem that put him in office was obviously there all along and will continue after him, right? So what happens with all these people who i'm talking about the people who have these truly radical thoughts of white supremacy of separate but equal societies i mean
0: i understand but even if those even if someone who is truly uh, maybe uh, you know, obviously they'd have to keep it to themselves but i mean an honest to god white nationalist who believes in separate but equal whatever gets into power, what can they really fucking do? I mean, to me, this is a boogeyman that everyone's afraid of. Do you really think this fucking country is going to go the way of of apartheid South Africa anytime
2: soon? The Civil Rights Act of 1964 will be there to keep them in check real quick. I think we would voluntarily as a country,
0: it would happen voluntarily as a country just by people going, I don't want to live near a city. I'm going to move out in the middle of nowhere. Almost like look at look at areas like South Boston, Detroit, at, you know, post sixty seven. Hey, all you have to do to, to fix
2: racism, Boston showed us is give a standing ovation to a black baseball player. <laughs> all you have to do to fix racism.
0: I didn't want to say it wrong podcast, but man. but no, serious. I mean, even at this point, my main concern is okay. What is he tell? What what is he so comfortable in a closed door meeting with state run com- communist media? Happy having a conversation about. And the only thing I've heard, and granted it's not been a, a whole lot, and that's on me, I haven't had a whole lot of time to research it, is that he was he was talking about intelligence they got from Israel right, on ISIS. Well, you know, okay, which means that that's either a deep cover agent that, that Israel planted, or that means that there's a fucking, for lack of a better term, I guess, uh, oh, informer. From ISIS right. giving information to There's Israel. No. Bottom line. <laughs> <Then>. Bottom line. <laughs> and he's gonna lick your mama's boom boom down or whatever the fuck. But uh, either way, him have him having these conversations with people puts that person and that entire support network around that person at risk—not for prison, not for being fired, for being killed. And right. this, he's so fucking casual and cavalier about it, and we just are like, oh. No big deal.
1: Yeah, I would. I would like to get into the details on this one because it is so nuanced that it's it's very easy for one side to say this is everything and the other side to say this is nothing, and even a transcript is going to be arguable. Um, what uh, What was the general who um, was present at the meeting who had said I was there? He didn't divulge any uh, classified information that he shouldn't have, and and this and that.
0: Yeah, who signs if, your checks, General?
1: Right. Well, he, if you notice, he parses his words very carefully, actually, because what was alleged that was done was that he revealed that what we've found out now, this all had to do with uh, laptop bombs. Um, I don't know if you guys had heard this, but like the week prior to this meeting, I had started hearing on the news about how Europe was going to start banning Laptops on international flights yes. to mirror upcoming US policy. And I'm like, what US policy? I was not aware that we were not, that we were looking to ban laptops coming into this. Uh, you country. can't,
2: uh, if you're coming from, uh, I think it's a list of six Middle Eastern countries, right. you cannot bring well, a laptop with you. This was intelligence. Or you have to check it, actually. So, Aaron,
0: that, that, that rule had been passed when we were too busy fucking preoccupied with other things because i I remember hearing the news but it was just a little blurb
1: yeah right well this was based on intelligence that that we we got from an israeli agent right and what trump did is he went into detail about the type of information that they received now he didn't mention where it came from who gave it to him anything about the source but what he did do is give the Russians enough information to put the pieces together and figure out who their source was.
0: Exactly.
1: And not only that, but it's alleged that by knowing the source, they also know some of the capabilities that allowed the source and the U.S. to achieve this information that could tip them off to... Well, basically it showed them that they were more vulnerable than they they thought they were in their movements in the Middle East, particularly in Syria. Whatever this actual intelligence method was, the Russians were able to put together that if they could get this information, they could get information on what the fuck we're doing in Syria. And that could leave us exposed to more international bullshit that we don't want to be involved in. So that, that's the actual allegation. So Yeah, but that's
0: just, one of, that's just one scenario of many that could play out. And I know there's think tanks sitting around going, there's a lot more than just a couple. I mean, have you guys thought this through? I mean, the, 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 I, first of all, I know the intelligence agency doesn't like to be on anybody's, the tip of anybody's tongue. The less they're talked about, the more they are happy. If
1: you're talking about the CIA, they're doing their job wrong.
0: Yes. Yes. Your job. You're doing it wrong. I mean, that's... CIA is like... They're just like, hey, we're like the, the utility that you turn on and it's always there. Just don't really think about how I got there. Don't really think about anything. And it's built into your property tax. You know, like your water biller in, in some counties and stuff. I mean, that's what the CIA really wants. So they can't be happy about this. And this isn't the first time I've... Remember on Bill Maher, like two months ago, he had a former CIA high uh, up on, and he was like, oh, the, the intelligence agency is not happy with Trump in power. Blue slip sink ships was almost... Yeah. It's almost been... It's like we've had to resurrect that that, that, that phrase just for his presidency. I well, mean,
2: he, he, well, he's going to tell you he invented it.
0: I don't think <laughs>
3: that's right.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh God, yeah, and, and he's priming the well and priming the pump uh, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what I'm saying, guys. This, there's so much shit, and it, here's the thing. I, at first I was like, I think maybe they're, maybe they're playing up the dumb shit that Trump says and does to no, try to hide I, the real it, devious shit. He can't help it. He's it, just dumb. Yeah,
2: like they don't need to. Do he's something. not dumb.
0: You know what he is? He's been in power for so long. Kevin Smith described working for Prince as when you go to Prince's – I can't remember the name of the studio that he had.
2: Paisley Park. Thank
0: you. When you go to Paisley Park, you cease to be in America and you start to be in Prince World. In Prince World, Prince will ask you at 3 in the morning, I want a camel. And you have to explain to him why at 3 in the morning in January in Minnesota, they can't get him a camel. And he doesn't understand why. He's not being an asshole. He just doesn't understand why can't you fulfill this simple request? Donald Trump lives in Donald Trump land. And the problem is now he's president trying to bring Donald Trump land to the White House and how he deals with people. And these aren't people who are like, oh, we're afraid of you because we're trying to get some money out of you or we need something from you. These are people who are like, go ahead, keep talking, stupid. I never play poker with all my cards face up, but you do. Go ahead.
2: You know what we got is we got exactly what or, or not. No, we sorry i won't throw us in with this but the the, the royal we mm-hmm. so i said we wanted an outsider we wanted somebody who was going to run the country like a businessman Uh friend of mine rob st mary formerly of objection booth available here on christophermedia.net mm-hmm. uh he said he's doing exactly what a businessman would do you know all this closed door shit without the press hiring and firing people at will like that's uh-huh. what a business that's he's like look at your He's like, look, look at your top 10 CEOs. He's like, and I'm not talking your top 10 good CEOs. I'm right. like, what's your top 10 general douchebag CEOs? Like, he's doing all... That is the behavior he is exhibiting. He's doing exactly mm-hmm. what? You want a businessman around this country? He's doing businessman moves.
1: Guess what? They don't match up with politics too well. Right. Nope. So based on what we know now, I mean, uh, what we, we know that this is clearly not going to be a successful presidency. There's actually not... What? I don't think there's anything that that could happen or that he could do to get himself out of this. And <laughs> I know right, and even 4 months in. 4 months in, I, right. And well, couple that with the fact that, you know, he he took his time actually staffing his uh all the all the departments and everything. He doesn't even have a full government. So, he's
2: <sighs> that they need a trillion dollars
1: for He to doesn't run, by actually the have a lot of people to burn through. He's burning through them at a a insane rate. I mean, Sean Spicer, the rumors are just intensifying as to who's going to take his How job. How sweet would it be to have a press secretary named Guilfoyle, <clears throat> by the way?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's going to be a chick, but still. Right. <laughs>
1: which last week's uh, oh dude last week's silicon valley was like best guilt foil episode it, of yes. So Oh like, yes, yes, they're, the, yes they're realizing the he, he's one of their best assets when he pulls
0: it when he pulls the napkin off the plate yeah that was great <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right and well, i like how it was i
0: like i just have to say this i like how it was completely plain too yeah it was just a plain
1: hot dog just this stark yeah, you don't. even did want to dress in the up. Of the butt.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like Dinesh, you don't even get relish, buddy. Sorry. But you
1: you yeah. can get that app actually; hey, it's free. Hey, get the hot dog, not hot dog. What app. did he say? Hey, look, is that one actually a hot dog? <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway. Right. So he's burning through people at this insane rate. He doesn't have a full government. He's not going to be able to staff his government at this point because who wants to jump on this administration? I, know. I, I forget who the quote was, but somebody said, he has no coattails. He has not. He doesn't have a bandwagon to jump on. I think even Chris Christie's returning this guy's calls at some point.
0: Seriously, if there's a if there's a politician cancer ward, like terminal cancer ward, he's trolling it right now to try to fill fucking spots. He's like, "Come on, you're going to die. You got nothing to lose. Just hop on. Right. Come for the ride.
3: Be
1: so good for a few laughs." So yeah, I, he's not going to have a successful presidency. It this looks like it's going to be the thing that brings him down. It's like my question to you. Is though, driving this up is, to you on the street with their cars on fire. Hey, get in! No, I right. I'll give you a ride. Oh, I've, don't worry about this. I can drive this another four or five blocks before it explodes. Like, you can see the <laughs> exhaust pipe is like it's
2: it, it's uh, connected and going into a window. Right. Hey, get in! No. <laughs>
0: and on top of it, he goes, "Don't worry about the gas tank. It's almost empty. It's just fumes." You oh can't. yeah, there we go. That's great. Right.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Right. So, do you think he's going to be actu- able to? Tough this out. I mean, and, again, do you think that Trump has the willpower to, if he if he survives impeachment and is not removed from office,
2: I, you, he made it through Grandma the pussy. Like that's why I think all he made it off.
1: Through, no, right. He made it through a lot of things that we didn't expect him to make it through. But that doesn't speak to his constitution and the Trump that. I'm familiar with from his history in real estate and show businesses. He's kind of a quitter that as soon as something stops working for him, he's like, it's a loser. I'm gone. You're fired. I'm going bankrupt and selling off this company. You're all fucked. Go home. Uh, you know, I, I can see him getting to the point where if impeachment proceedings are started before they're nah, even done, you. he would say, you know what? And, and, Prob- I'm taking my big gold ball and I'm going home. Right, you don't deserve me. He's going to go try and run fucking Portugal or some shit.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. I, I maybe, but that means he's listening to to advisors at that point. And I think he's still pretty much he has you know, he has a ton of advisors and he has a ton of people in his ear and he probably lets them all think he listens to him mm-hmm. and then just does what he wants to do anyways. Well,
1: well, right, but we talk about how Trump has this huge ego and he has all this pride, and those are things that would make me think that he's going to fight until the very end and they're going to have to drag him out of office. But if you, what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is if you look at his businesses... Well, I was just about to say, if you look at all his failed he,
2: business dealings, as soon as he gets to a point ego. where...
1: Like, ego. Like, not- ego doesn't just let shit go belly up. Like ego is Elon Musk, right? Who will sell his product at a loss because he knows he's right, right? There's no way Trump would have made it to where Elon Musk is right now if he had Elon Musk's, I Musk's, his, not a can't put an S on the end of that. Uh, if he Musk's. had, if he had his idea and his drive, there's no way if Trump still had his own constitution that he would make it to that point where he would be willing to make. He'd find a way to profit off of it by bankrupting the company. Trump would have sold you Trump stakes for $5 to prove to you they're the but, best stakes ever. But part of this
2: business... If he was wired like Elon, Elon Musk.
1: Right. You want to talk about running things like a, a business, right? If this was a business, he would come in and he would shake things up. He would fire all the top people and start his own agenda. Also, if he was running it like a business and he realized the whole thing was going nowhere for him ultimately and he had nothing to gain from staying here in the future... He'd be out.
0: Well, okay. The only thing I can compare it to as far as his business ventures that what to what you're saying is what he did with the USFL, which was a football league that, that was started to rival the NFL in the early 80s. He come in, there was already a power structure, so there was a split in the owners. Half of them were in Trump's camp, half of them were – the, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the other guy that was running the USFL's camp camp, he died of cancer. Trump got the, the reins and ran that into the ground to the point where that league was worth nothing and then walked away.
2: Yeah, you wanted to compete with the NFL, and all the owners went, you're insane, we will get crushed. Oh, yeah. and they did.
0: And, and when they said, well, yeah, we're not playing ball here, there's no way we're letting you own a franchise. So, you're, you know, it's a loser. He just walked away from the situation. Now, if he does that, he would. To me, that'd be inadvertently probably doing the best thing for us. Oh yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I just keep flashing back to reading what Hunter S. Thompson wrote about Nixon saying he was a power vampire, and I wasn't around for Nixon, but I got I got to imagine if 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 Nixon was like Trump. Because Trump is a, seems to be just a power vampire, and he wants power over situations. And when he can't get power out of a situation anymore, he washes his hands of it. The problem is, he's got unlimited power as far as what he can. I mean, not unlimited, obviously. There's checks and balances, hopefully. But as president, he's never going to run out of shit to keep putting his fingers in. Right. And that's what might keep him in the job because he's like I look, I still have a little bit of power here. Well, Go ahead and impeach me. You know the first thing he'll bring up is Clinton. Right. You, you know he will compare it to Clinton.
1: There's certainly been a lot of talk of comparing Trump to Nixon lately. And a lot of people going uh, well, <laughs> people in the Nixon camp going, "No, this is this is nothing like Nixon <laughs> and this is everything like Nixon and this And you know, this is this generations deep throat. Only there's like it's more like a gangbang instead of just one-on-one. It's a It's Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> deep deep, deep Throat's throat. a blowbang bucac- this one time around. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a bukkake fest. Yeah, yeah. right. But you, you know what I think is different about this than what happened to Trump? And again, I didn't grow up with this. You know, he was a couple years before I was born, he was out of office. But and maybe this is just that everybody has twenty twenty hindsight or doesn't want to admit that they were on the losing side at one point. But you don't hear conspiracy theories about Trump or about Nixon, right? You don't hear people still spouting off stories about how he was set up by liberals. And that he was actually didn't do any of this shit. You well, know, not, not in hindsight at the time
0: you did, but not in hindsight.
1: I'm sure you did at the time. I just don't think that... My fear is that that won't die out in this country at this point. That no matter what happens with Trump, you will still have an energized base of people with somebody with more capabilities than Trump. I know it's hard to imagine. And and what with the same fucked up ideals or not even the ideals just the lack of a moral compass that allows them to to use other people's ideals to manipulate them I mean, it just it leaves a power vacuum for somebody that is just as fucked up but more competent than Trump so th- i think that's why that that's my bigger fear in all this i have confidence now that we will be able to as a country if not get out of office completely, at least hobble Trump so that he's not able to accomplish some of his crazier shit. But what does that leave us with? You know? It seems like there is a a come to Jesus moment in America after Nixon a little bit. Not saying it brought the two sides together, but Jesus But Reagan. certainly you know, if you look at what happened after that you had um Carter, and then Reagan. So it would be difficult for for Republicans to get another Republican a- into office right after they had one of their own impeached. But then, as soon as Carter's term was up, and everybody hated him, <laughs> they they took that time to reorganize and structure a powerful base and powerful candidates that were nearly unstoppable until bill clinton came along so in that moment you had you had yeah you had republicans actually coming to their senses and you'll probably still have that but i think too much of them have splintered off into this extremist group that if if there is a major part of the Re- the republican party that tries to pull the pull the car back into the center a little bit and not be so extreme, that they're, they'll do so at the loss of voters. So even, the, even your, your more mainstream conservatives are going to want to kind of veer off to the extreme right just to try and scoop up some of that base that, that Trump left there just waiting for somebody to, to talk to them. You know? It doesn't have to be the whole crazy kit and caboodle, but... You know, you can just but, kind of slyly, you know, mention about something about Mexicans, and people go, "Oh, oh I get it." Got Aaron, oh, yeah, Aaron gotta get God are, out of
2: the Republican Party, man. That's
1: only
0: Aaron, those are pol- those, those are politicians, though. The yeah. true believers, they're not going anywhere, and the true believers will eventually slip up and expose themselves. And true believers aren't going to go against their morals to play politics. You know, true believers. You mean
1: the people who believe extremist agendas? Exactly. And are passionate about it. Somebody who would actually... It, you're talking about the, the rise of a possible uh, white supremacist candidate would be impossible because...
0: I don't know if it'd be impossible on a more of a local level because I could definitely see parts of this country right. that would possibly put in someone who has white nationalists as long as they can separate themselves from mm-hmm. the the... What we all picture when we hear white nationalists is if if they can redefine that word, it might happen on a very small level.
1: Right. So the right can, uh, the conservatives can skim a little bit of the voters off of the extreme right. But not the the true believers is what I'm saying. But the true believers can't really dip heavily into that mainstream pool that they need in order to achieve uh, 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 the presidency. Exactly. Yeah, I follow you.
0: Yeah. That's a one-way street on that because I mean, that makes sense. Even the most, even the most, I'm talking about your average person because uh, this is look, you know, I'm family from down south, white people, obviously, you know, people up here. Even the most staunch conservatives I know aren't like white nationalists. They just have very different beliefs, and usually it's either religious or economic
1: and i don't mean to use that term to just use it as an umbrella term for anybody who voted for what i consider to be a racist candidate oh no no but what i'm
0: saying is is that i think that anybody who thinks racist. overestimates how many people on who, who would be who voted for trump this last time are like truly hateful people it's like eh, there's people that are they, they don't buy into the the, the Richard Spencer type shit. They don't buy into the David Duke type shit. They voted for Trump. And right. possibly they also voted for fucking Obama because they thought that was going to be the change that w- that Washington needed.
1: And and maybe this is a slogan. maybe part of my fear is letting my um my own personally curated Twitter feed uh direct my view of the nation. You know, I saw a wife with a purpose which is uh one of the white white nationalists. uh bitches that i follow on, on Boy twitter
2: bitches she's yeah. a cunt
1: she's a true cunt hey, uh, claiming that for a future because band, she does maybe. it all with the smile and traditional values tag but um she was she had posted that she had achieved uh like twenty five thousand followers I'm like jesus christ you spout this fucking nonsense about like when when she heard that Lieberman was a Possibility oh, for oh. for the FBI director. Oh. He said, "No, we cannot let the. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was basically, we can't let the the golems come and steal our children there away. There we go.
2: There like, we fucking go.
1: Seriously, fucked up racist shit.
2: You know what's the most fucked up thing for knowing is going to be anti Semitic. Like
1: even Richard Spencer doesn't talk about black people like they're knuckle dragging apes." he at least has the common sense to realize that if he wants to gain some more attention he's got to talk about everybody like they're human i just want those humans to live over there so
0: you know what i find ir- ironic in in the far right's hate of jewish people is the, the right is based on like okay most of it, the the idea is okay. Let's make more money, make more money, make more money. Wouldn't you figure that if they if they think all Jewish stereotypes are true, they'd want some Jewish people in politics?
1: No, because no. the Jews are are stealing the money for themselves and, and they're all running the entertainment anyways. Okay. Right. They're
0: all stealing money. All of them are. Come on now. I mean, and, and you know what I mean when I say all. I'm talking about a healthy percentage over fifty of politicians and put money in their pocket that they didn't rightfully come by. All right. So, at this point, we know there's a grift in the system. We'll shoot the best grifters in there. That's what, I'm just saying that's how they should be thinking.
2: Aren't they all walking around with a little bag of Jew gold anyways?
1: Right. Uh, in an episode of American Gods, well, actually, this, I believe this is from the original text from the novel, uh, there's uh, two main characters, one of which is Mr. Wednesday or Odin, and his, his man that he hires as a bodyguard and he gives him a $100 bill to go get some some stuff. Let's go to the grocery store and get some notepads and just some stuff for some scheme that he has planned. He says, get all this. And he's like, let's agree that you'll uh, either skim no more than 10% or bring me a receipt. And the, this bodyguard is like, what, you don't trust me? And he's like, trust you. He's like, if you don't take care of yourself, how can I expect you to take care of me?
0: It, I, I hate to say it, but by,
1: <laughs> years
0: oh, ago, years whenever the mostly. statutes of limitations would be up on this story, when, when I would buy drugs from people that I didn't know so well, uh-huh. yeah, I always, I always expecting my bag to get pinched a little bit. It's, it's <laughs> the economics. That's what they said and go. It's the economics of the level you're dealing with. Right. You yes. know? I mean, come on, man. That's, 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 time, that's part the Same time. I don't know you.
1: Or, or look, you know, you go over to your buddy's house, you smoke out with him. You leave your bag. I mean, yeah, you come back and get it next day or a couple days later. It's going to be a little late, probably. Oh, you, you know? are scandalous, <laughs> sir. I've never done that.
0: <laughs> Shit. My friends, you come back, that bag will be empty. They'll be like, you shouldn't have left it here. <laughs> I, possessions is nine-tenths of the law, and nine, ten, nine times out of ten, I'm possessing. So right
2: my, there, I my one buddy's little brother stole my other buddy's bag of dope one time. That was... Interesting and fun. He's like 13. We brought him around. How resolved you resolve out. that dispute? Okay, guess he just... doesn't get to come hang out anymore. You because you stole his bag. How old were you guys? uh
0: We were early 20s. Okay, at that point you should have like got him in a circle, put him in the middle, and been like, "Now look here, little man," and scared the shit out of you
2: I know, right? <laughs> no, we won't well, no, we let his brother do it because it was horrible brother, but his little we brother. Like you better fucking set your boy right.
1: So. What, we, what we're saying, then, is that we want old-fashioned politicians in office, ones that take bribes from Americans, goddammit. Like okay, hold on a <laughs> second. Here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. Pendulums swing, and they have their own inertia when they swing. Uh-huh. The pendulum has swung as far right as I want it to. So it has to eventually swing back towards the middle, and it's going to take some time. I just want yeah, good old fashioned rip me off and smile in my face politicians until we have a chance to put someone actually better in there. I just want I just want a holding pattern until twenty twenty. Okay? That's just all I want. I just don't want no more Trump. I'm done. I'm over Rich it. Rich
2: doesn't want the needle to move until twenty no, twenty. But-
0: the bitch of it is, is that in twenty twenty they're going to run some jackass, and for the Democrats will run some jackass, and I'm going to go, oh my god, this is just going to be Kanye. You
2: don't think that's that's, well, here, here's, that's probably reality now? Since here's, Donald Trump won,
1: right? Here's the other backlash too that I'm thinking of is that all these people that are energized against Trump are going to, once he's out of office, go, okay, now I can relax and go back to watching TV I know, and right? not caring about politics. Okay. Then the people who office.
0: specifically came out to vote for Trump, who never voted before, I want them to go back to watching TV. <laughs> <I> go back <laughs> to
1: watching <any> judge
0: shows. <laughs> judge Mathis is lonely, he needs you people, go back to him. <laughs> Seriously, get the fuck out of the voting booth and get or, back in the fucking lazy boy.
1: Look, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Trump's going to have his own show once he leaves office. Yeah. He's too used to ha- 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 well, Yeah, now that he can he can talk without the, the muzzle of the of his administration on him. He can freely spout nonsense. I mean, Even Alex really, what's, Jones can go, uh, what's he go gonna do podcast post, together.
0: What's he going to do post-presidency? Okay. Hey, uh, Mr. President, former president, we'd like to give you a quarter million dollars to come speak at our college. Fuck right. you. Quarter million dollars? I'm Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start, my own, see, gonna start I mean, my own network. I don't think he's going to know what to do, actually. He's probably going to go full, like...
2: You know what's real shitty. If he keeps the presidency, first of all, if you think about starting out at a job, mm-hmm. he got the top job in politics first time out. So that's just gonna ruin his attitude for any other job in politics. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's going not to jerk off to fucking politics. a dime piece. There's no place to go no, but no, down. He's out of politics. Yeah, it's like it's like you're 60. It's like you're 16 years old. and The first piece of pussy you get is like is like a beauty pageant contestant. Where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, you're ruined on pussy for life. Yeah, you'll like, probably be gay. Yeah, every every Everything, four years, everything after gay. that. Like, what? You're not the beauty pageant <laughs> contestant.
2: What the fuck? <laughs> but but two two. If he makes it out of here without getting removed from office, this guy is. And the rich get richer. He gets a he gets a half a mil a year salary for the rest of his life just because he has same. this job. No, that's that sucks. I mean, though. you get that
1: even if you quit or are impeached, right? You probably get that regardless. I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Nixon. You do get,
0: you do get Secret Service and your benefits. I know that much. So he'll
1: at least he'll
2: always be a rich guy. He could totally lose (laughs) all of the rest of the money that he has, and
1: he'll still have a cushion of a half a million a year because Mm -hmm. he got this job. I don't even know if he could support his current lifestyle on a half a million a year. But you know what I'm
2: saying? Like he could, he could close down everything, and he's still going to have a half a million a year rolling
1: in. I think you or I could to him when. Oh, when, people have, when, when people who have made as much money as Trump that have could to live on show. half a million that a year. Could, there's this new reality yes. show. <laughs> yeah, When they have to live on a half a million a year, see, they're broke. See, Donnie at Walmart.
0: Yeah, see, yeah, he it could be uh, Uncle Jed in the reboot of the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, right. You're like, I got
2: half a million a year? How am I supposed to live on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we Trumped? Is this... <laughs>
1: i mean well, here's some other fun stuff to talk about because you know this week in uh in sexual predators yeah we had well there's there's four big stories four. sexual sexual four? predator wow. sexual predator number one Bill Cosby actually goes on a podcast and says that uh being prompted, mind you that when asked well is he are you saying that uh that a lot of these uh a lot of these these claims against you are based on racism. And he says, yeah. I think there a, is a, a huge racist element to this persecution of him. Which is funny coming from who, before we found out he was a rapist, was the most loved black man probably in the history of America.
0: Alright, we need to have us three right now. We need to have a quick heart to heart with the black folks of America. Oh, because because All seriously, right. here we go. Just, okay, guys, I'm from poor white trash. We believe in conspiracies too. Hey but guys, not everything's a conspiracy. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I don't think anybody's buying that shit. Should I talk shit? like
0: the white guys on Death? I'm Jam? not sure. How you doing, no, everybody? <laughs> no, I'm saying a real conversation because I mean, it, 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 like this is this is out of control. This is like. This is like Redneck still thinking Elvis is living in Kalamazoo running a Burger King type shit. Like mm-hmm. stop. Stop. We know we get it. You loved him. You loved him. Okay. I I loved Bill Cosby as a kid. I still I I was watching clips of I was watching comedy right. clips a few days ago and some of his stuff from Bill Cosby himself was on and I watched it and I laughed my ass off. All right. Oh yeah. I get it, but that doesn't mean he's not capable of doing very fucked up shit because he's a jacked up person. Oh, yeah. who's Wired hey, wrong. I,
1: I like I thriller, but I know what he did. I don't, exactly. I don't know where the the person that was uh, hosting the podcast where his viewpoint is on this, but it de- it definitely sounded. I heard the audio clip from it. And it sounded like he was steering them in that direction. Like, well, they played, they played he, the
0: audio clip of his daughter saying she thought that there was a very, there's, there's a very racial.
1: Oh, that's right. She yeah, say, you're right. Did she
0: say undertone or element? It doesn't matter. She said either undertone or element. Doesn't matter. Went back to the podcast host, and he said, "Well, what do you think about what your daughter said?" And he yeah, goes, "That's right. You know, it could be, it could be, yeah, which is, just, thank which you is
1: for correcting beautiful,
0: me. which is beautiful because you know that it's a PR move. Get his daughter to say it. Get him to not co-sign on it fully." But he kind of like puts half the rubber stamp on it, and he's like, eh, let me me gauge my fan base and see how they take this. And then later he can cash in fully and go whole hog and say it is racism if he gets some support out of it. It's a genius PR move, but that's all it is. And let me tell you something. Innocent people don't have
2: PR moves. (laughs) All right, people? Jesus Christ. I heard him talking about the bumps on his head as proof. That he's oh, now yeah, he He's is, blind He is unsighted Let me ask I'm you a question I'm gonna google what the, the fuck, term Unsighted Right now What the
0: fuck does, What the fuck does him Being blind now Have to do what he was doing 40 years ago He's That's going for
2: sympathy, sympathy man pledge, yeah. We talk about PR moves
0: Okay you know what They have very nice Hospital wards In level 1 prisons Go enjoy time there Sorry dude Seriously le- Level look, 1 is like just Put is you like somewhere Where there are a already
1: fence. Padded walls <laughs> Don't worry about it
0: Yeah no problem Hey hey look <laughs> Seriously you know, lots of people die in prison, and it a, I'm sure he's, his celebrity and his and his money and his wealth will buy him the lowest security prison stay he can get, and he'll be well taken care of. Money yeah. goes a long way in prison. goes a lot farther than it does in
2: the street, believe it or not. Hey, unsighted yep. is a thing. It's an this, adjective. Lacking the power of sight.
1: This reminds me of a point that I wanted to make while we were talking about Trump, too. As long as we're talking about prison time, you know, Uh there's lots of talk about who people would love to see in prison, and I'm sure some of it's hyperbole. But let's let's understand something here. Locking so far, him up. <laughs> so far, like Flynn, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's going to serve some time. Maybe he's the the uh, uh, the escape the goat. patsy. This, yeah, thank you. Um, Trump probably not. Jeff Sessions, yeah, he probably should, but he probably won't. Uh, Sean Spicer is not going to prison. For anything. John Spicer do anything. John Spicer is guilty of being an idiot. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of talk about how Sean Spicer needs to be locked out. I'm like, he's not under oath anywhere. I mean, if they call him to testify for some reason, which, why would they do that? They're not going to call on the communications director to to testify. Uh, That would be the only situation in which he could lie and get in trouble for it. And even then, really, he's going to see jail time. For what? So, so, <laughs> He's just guilty of being an idiot. So let's all, let's all relax and kind of strap in for the long haul You're on idiots. this and make sure we see it through. Let's not burn ourselves out and burn Don't out our cre- credibility by making wild claims and accusations. Let's just see this through. Well, anyway, here's the deal. Yeah. If,
0: Trump gave, if Trump gave the fucking nuclear codes to those guys from the Russian media... Came out and said, "Yep, I did it." I still wouldn't expect him to serve a day. I just want him out of power. Right, He's yeah. incompetent no, as right. a leader. That's it.
1: Yeah, and, I, I, and that's I can't. how
0: fucked up our system is. I don't expect him to be punished. I just expect his job to be taken away from him for incompetency. Right.
1: So back to sexual predators. So we had Bill Cosby who went on a podcast. Which that's crazy that Bill Cosby was on a podcast. I mean, I just maybe we should put out a personal. Message to Mr. Cosby that, I mean, it's, it's Barry Obama. Uh, if you'd like to Mark get your Marins. message out there, we'd love to hear the story from you personally. Barack Obama doing oh, <laughs> Mark Barron's podcast, legitimized podcast.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, all them questions that were asked to him were pre approved oh, yeah. and reworded. Oh, yeah. You know, all that. He, there's no way that that was just, okay, he's on. You got 10 minutes, guys.
1: So, who else we got? Uh, Julian Assange. Oh, I didn't hear about this. He is, he's going to go free. And not only that, but he's not going to be able to, uh, for some complicated international policies reason, Sweden's not going to be able to question him on the accusation of rape that's been made against him. No, and I thought
0: they dropped the, the
1: investigation completely. They did not. Uh, oh, at least I last, r- last I, I heard, right before I got here, is w- what I heard on the radio was that the they have... Definitely not dropped the investigation. That if he steps foot in Sweden, he's in for an interesting time, and that that they just for 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 whatever reason they can't get extradition or something like that, or maybe it just doesn't. Maybe if if they can't question him or or can't they, then they can't go forward on charges and then they can't extradite him, whatever whatever complicated reason it is. They would love to question him on it, but they are not able to unless he comes to Sweden, which he won't. <laughs> I don't care. It's not
2: in his travel plans ever
1: again. Well, I mean, let's face it. Maybe as far as Finland, he could be as sick as I Bill Cosby. The like, there's only one place to get underage Swedish girls, and that's Sweden. So <laughs> you got to go to the source for anything, really, for right. quality. So they might find him sneaking back in the bedroom window, so to speak.
0: Well, wait a minute. I thought last I heard he was tapping uh, uh, what's-her-face uh, from Anne Baywatch. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is she an underage Swedish girl? No, I'm just saying if he's well, tapping. I, tap- I don't think it's going to cut Anderson, it. Anderson, <laughs> Lee, I don't Richie. care how hot a girlfriend you have. Look, look at how hot the women that uh, Michael Jackson had as wives. <laughs> Debbie Rowe, she was not hot.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm waiting for you. Who else? Oh, oh he married uh, Lisa Marie Presley.
1: Took, oh, no, you're right. Okay, just the one. Hot well, one. he took Brooke Shields and Emanuel Lewis to the Grammys.
0: Shit, yeah. and like Eddie Murphy said, white people didn't trip out because they knew Brooke wasn't getting fucked that night. <laughs> Little do we know, Emanuel Lewis was. Yeah. So that's that's the fucked up
1: part. Right. So we have uh, sexual predator in the midst of trial, sexual predator escaping trial completely, sexual predator dying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger Ailes. Why has he got to be a in the death triangle with Chris Cornell, though? A lot of a lot of shame out there for people who are happy that Roger Ailes is dead. And He's a shitty person. And like, yeah, no, we don't we don't have to play this game with. with Why do like, we have to just pretend? because you're dead? Yeah, we can only say good things about you. I no, a, the I, world's better off without you. I'm pretty sure. I had an
2: experience when I was in radio where a guy that. I worked with at a previous station, we ended up working together at another station, but this guy every the whole time like I found out mm-hmm. nice to my face uh behind me backstabbing me trying to sabotage me at each station we went to. Yeah, when he like moves to Chicago and he commits suicide, and everyone there, oh it's so sad, you oh he killed himself. I'm like not really, man. My personal experience <laughs> with this guy asshole. is at every turn behind my back, he was trying to fuck me. I don't like that. Yeah, that sucks for his family, but right. personally, no man. And I, I'm sure some people I worked with were like, man, he's got to be a
1: cold motherfucker. I'm like, yeah. My first you know tweet <laughs> on it was uh, two facts: one, death is always sad; two, Roger Ailes is an asshole. Yeah. Or piece of it, shit, I think is what I said.
0: For anyone who, who goes, oh, wow, man, they're being kind of rough on Roger Ailes, do your homework for once. Go look at how he exploited the the news, the, the the media period in this country and took advantage of shit and basically gave us this completely divided by what news channel you watch, and that's the only news you believe country we live in. Yeah, he, he, he is the architect of the destruction of the fourth estate. Bottom line, fuck him. Burn in hell if there is one. That's all I got to say. Fuck him, dude. Right. I don't know how anyone can. I don't know how anyone who can look at this country and say he did something good for this country. Okay, what is what is the quote from uh, Glenn Gregory? Glenn Ross, good father, good husband. Fuck you. Right. Okay, I don't care. Bullshit. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. He did it, more to it, tear this country down than. Parts. People in other countries whose job it is to tear us down. Mm-hmm.
2: Plus, he gave guys like Bill O'Reilly a platform and let him keep doing what he was doing, and co- like right. covering him shit up behind the scenes. Like, there's just a culture. I mean, and yeah, Roger Ailes and too. I heard was the kind of like lock the office door kind of sexual harassment. You know? Oh yeah, like, he's old.
0: He's old school. He's old yeah. school. He's like nine to, he's like the boss in nine to five type sexual harassment like come here baby come here sweet tits
1: yeah so all these people that are like can we just put aside the controversy on this man and just remember what a great media mogul he was no. I mean he, he, he accomplished so much look at you know from from one paper he built up an empire and I'm like fuck you like so, what I, you all wanted us to, to acknowledge Trump's accomplishments too. Sure, I. I acknowledge he knows how, Ailes, how to make money. You have things like Breitbart and Infowars. makes Info him a good Wars. person.
2: That, that's his fault, indirectly.
0: Infowars right. is almost like an Adult Swim show anymore. <laughs> Granted, I can only watch it in like ten, fifteen minute clips.
2: You just watch at, it to see most. the crazy shit you're going to see.
0: But it's yeah, it's like it's almost like watching, like a satire of that type of show. And it, but I mean, still, the scary part is that's how I view it. That's so how a lot of people view it. But there's people who, once again, the true believers. And those are the scary fucks.
1: I wonder how much, you know, speaking of Infowars, how much Alex Jones is going to be able to survive his recent controversy. Because just judging on, on his tweets, um, there is a lot of response. Like, he tweeted out some. Bullshit about how Trump was being, uh, being, uh, people are trying to run him out of office oh, the, for no oh, yeah, reason. True.
2: We forgot about Trump's
1: and, witch hunt comments, right? Oh, and no politician There's has ever good, been oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about so, all that. and, and almost all the responses were people going, shut the fuck up. You lost their battle with yogurt. Like, or just shut up and have some Dan and yogurt. And,
2: <laughs> and oh yeah, and I almost, heard about something with him and Chobani or something.
1: Yeah. And, and almost nobody, Was there to actually defend him. That's because
0: his true believers are so used to being told bullshit constantly, and they believe it. And then like when he gives a date, or when he says this is for sure going to happen, and it doesn't, they just let it go. So they know to lay back in the buckwheat, and fucking lay in the cut a little bit, and let this pass. And then they'll hop back out and start being more vocal. They'll take their lumps, but they just won't take them at the time everyone's waiting to give them to them. Right. You know, people are like, "Oh boy!" Like you're at Twitter. Like, come on, motherfucker! I dare you. I double dare Social you. Social media is such an insufferable place anymore. It, like,
2: it, it's like
0: it's I, the it's the, it's the play it's it's the playground full of bullies that we all fucking escaped in grade school. It's
2: even it's no it's not even fun drunk trolling. I haven't gone drunk trolling in ages. Like it's not even fun to do that anymore. <laughs> I notice that,
0: Chris. You're breaking my heart because when I
2: when I if I'm at work having a bad
0: day and I start getting notifications that you're commenting on shit, I know I'm going to get at least one smile when you're drunk trolling. So all please, right. man, for me, <laughs> Jesus died for my sins.
2: Kill your liver for my mere entertainment. Come on, dude. Well, it's just it's do real. It's just uh, maybe I've just finally come to the realization, like, because my whole goal with drunk trolling is always just admit there's another side. Like, if you look at them, that's all I want people to do. It's like admit there's a goddamn other side. Social right. media, that's not the place for it. It's your personal echo mm. chamber. That's all you want to hear is people reaffirming what you think. No one wants dialogue, and they say they go on there for dialogue and discourse. No, they don't. Right.
1: Well, I think it's also, not to say trolling is necessarily helpful, but being able to see the other side is certainly helpful because if you want a strong argument that's going to not only get Trump out of office... but the machine! But no, you're keep, enemy. But keep people like Trump out of office in the future, you're going to have to retain some credibility, and that means... Not, you know, not choosing who's right or wrong based on who you perceive to be on your side. Yes. And there's a fair amount of that going on on both sides. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awful. Both. Both. Both so, t-shirts. The red and the blue. So sexual predator number four this week. Oh, this week in sexual predator news. Oh, number four. Number four. <laughs> Anthony Weiner. Oh, that's right. Gets off with a slap on the wrist. Really? And then goes to his sentencing hearing. <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended.
3: <laughs>
1: Never mind. Uh, yes, he, Ed, he pled guilty. He had a statement that was very remorseful. And I, don't, I think it's still unclear as to whether he's going to have to register as a sexual offender. But he's not going to serve any jail time for this. Don't believe... This song's called "Please Warm My Weiner." I got to tell you, baby. And I don't know, man. Don't get mad you know, Anthony Weiner's a creep. Want my wiener, I, I, my mind, I don't. Please please want my certainly, what he did was criminal, right? And he even admitted in his uh, his statement at his all trial that he was completely guilty. And it wasn't one of these. She looked twenty one to me. She told me she was this old. It was he knew what he was doing, that he was pursuing he 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 sent his a picture of his dick to an underage girl hoping to get something it, in return as well. It, is that the one that had the baby in it? No, that was just a, <laughs> that was, that was no, just because an unfortunate that was tweet underneath and, his
0: underwear, which was right. still weird. I'm like, whoa. Like you got underwear on with fluffed dick and your baby in the same picture? <laughs> yeah. Why?
2: Seriously, you don't know I, you don't
0: just how to move c- a little move you four know how to, crop? to the right. Yeah, yeah, no shit.
1: Right. So either you it's were like the people who have the toilets and e- selfies. Right. <laughs> you were either just naturally hard holding your baby. I, I know, right? Or you held your baby and fluffed it. <laughs> either way. You were jerking it at least a little.
2: You're being weird.
1: See, wiener. to to me, yeah, that coupled
0: with him that just going, uh, yeah, I'm guilty. Ca- you caught me. I'm just like, you know what, dude? You need to...
1: He needs to do hey, some to, fucking jail go time. to dude, for a he while. He does, doesn't he? I mean, seriously.
0: There's... If it's a, if this had just been sexting of, of age women... That's without nothing. The, without the pick of his fluff dick with his kid in it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Then it's just, yeah. hey, it's 2017. Like, this will go down now. Right. I'd be like, I'd be like, Whatever. But dude, this is an underage girl. He knew it. He's he's like obviously he his urge to get sexual is so dominant that he doesn't care who he puts at risk with it, including his own infant child. You need to go away, dude. Seriously. There's something wrong in your wiring.
1: And do you think anybody anybody who is not a politician or celebrity of some sort would be able to get away with the slap on the wrist that he got? I
0: guarantee you this. If, they would if be serving if, time. If there was a couple who admitted that they had a newborn and they and they, and they kept it in a crib in the, in the same bedroom, they and they would have sex when that kid was sleeping in that crib, there would be charges against them and people hollering for them to go to prison.
1: I get their kid taken away
0: from them. Oh, without a doubt. Or Where is helpful. that? One of the other. Where is that? Oh. Well, I mean, I, I know mean, his wife filed for divorce, but I mean, okay, let's be yeah, honest. Then. All. Of it, it, Celebrities get, make accusations about each other to where they have supervised visits and shit. We haven't heard anything about his situation, and if I'm his wife, I'm like, you are not seeing this kid without someone around. Sorry. And it's not that I think you're going to fuck the kid. It's that you're too stupid not to whip your dick out, take pictures of it, with our kid in the picture and send it to a 15-year-old jackass. Right. I mean honestly, honestly, Aaron, we're both parents. Yeah. If you if you're if you're if you would split up and your ex wife was sending suggestive pictures like that with your newborn child in the picture.
1: Those pictures would be in court with me requesting custody. Aaron, yeah, and you I don't
0: would get it. like you don't <laughs> seem like a type you don't yeah. seem like a very hothead type of guy that like flies off to handle the littlest thing. I think oh. you'd probably be moving some furniture in the room over that one when you found out.
1: You um, know, it can you, happen.
0: You, you might, yeah, you might have to patch a hole in a wall or two. I've okay, and I'm not, <laughs> and, that, and that's not a, ju- it's, it's not a judgment on you. It's actually, it's really good. You don't fly off the handle. But I mean, it's just that's insanity. This is insanity to me. Why are we talking about this? Who gives a fuck about your criminal shit? You put your kid in there. Go to jail. Go to jail. You, you admitted it. Go to jail, me, dude. Right. I'm sorry. Hey.
1: Your kid and other ki- other people's kids.
0: Yes, yes. I, the, okay, that the, it's insane. I mean, it, he's the type of parent that the kid's gonna be in therapy when the kid's forty, talking about the time his dad stopped at a jerk off booth and left him in the car, and he got cruised by some dude, and he was ten. You idiot. You know, I mean, that's the type of like, dude, you got some serious issues. This is the type of guy that like goes to the strip club and leaves his kid in the car. I mean, she
1: grabs me by the. Wing.
0: I'm just – you need to – don't need to be a parent. You don't need to be part of society, man. How are you wired that way? And that's the scary part. He got to – he was the rising star in the Democratic Party. A lot of people were, were hitching their hopes to him that he was going to be like – We can have President Wiener instead of President Dick. Exactly. And he just – I mean, pathologically shot himself in the foot. Excuse and me, now – now they, now that it's all out, we right. definitely know he can't help himself.
1: Well that's the other big question, is this the final nail in the coffin for the name Wiener? Is, is every wiener out there now just gonna change their name? Winer. Well no, it's even a, hit, you can you can always still say Hitlers like, out there. <laughs> that's true. It's I true. mean,
0: you know, he he didn't kill six million babies. He just, you know I, I, I don't think anybody in his family is gonna be hopping up and going on TV shows talking about, hey, we're proud that he's in our family.
2: You just misunderstood great-grandpa. In fact, that's that's that's
0: the really interesting, just as a side note, and it's morbid curiosity on my part, his wife was really embedded with the Hillary campaign. Oh, yeah. And she filed for divorce. I mean, in my opinion, too late. She should have done it. You don't, you're don't. you not married to a guy like that who's a stone freak, and you don't know it. Come the fuck out, dude. So, I mean, she probably whatever. is
2: too, just saying.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, I never again. thought of it that way, but hey, good catch. Hey, man. But, but Charlie still, Murphy again. You knew where you bought that shirt. But still, what's her, her, her job's in politics. What's, what's she going to do? I mean, how is she going to distance herself far enough away to where she's not a liability to any campaign she works on from here on out? Right. That's what this. That's what this fucking asshole. Because he wanted to get off to a picture of a naked fifteen-year-old, didn't take into consideration how many lives he was destroying and fucking up with his nonsense. I mean, dude, seriously, you're a sexual sociopath. And he's getting off with a slap on the wrist simply because he's a politician and he has money. Meanwhile, let it, let let one of us go out and get drunk, piss behind a bush, and have the wrong cop walk up on us. Oh no!
1: Right. We'll, f-
0: we'll find out what's up.
1: So, hey, speaking of uh, Hillary, did you hear what? Uh, oh fuck. Uh, Names right on the tip of my tongue. Our last vice president, Biden. Uncle Weird, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Joe. <laughs> right. Going what? down to Fire Lake with Uncle Joe. He he's a wild man. He's a, he's a he's a loose cannon. He he said that he was. I guess at in an interview he said that he never thought that Hillary Clinton was a strong candidate, and he thought that he was a stronger candidate. It was basically like, yeah, I. I fucking a right! I should have been the uh, should have been the candidate.
0: Yeah, well, you know the, the Democratic National uh, not convention uh, she, committee was like it's not it's not your time, Joe. Sorry, you, yeah. you enjoyed eight years as vice president, ride right off into the sunset gracefully. You're too old for after Hillary, mm-hmm. and she's already been cut in line once. We can't do it again but, to what, her.
1: But what was it about Biden? Because in, He doesn't seem like... He's a competent politician. He has a great story. Um, It was just that nobody really took him seriously?
3: Well,
0: I mean, dude... That even liberals
1: made bro jokes about him?
0: Exactly, exactly. He always come off like as as the oversexed frat boy. Hence the creepy Uncle Joe tag that he got tagged with because he's always making unnecessarily bi- unnecessary bodily contact with
2: females in half the pictures he's in. <laughs> hey, the Biden memes after the election were
1: fucking gold, man. Those things were enjoyable. So so memes killed his chance of being president and possibly possibly gave us Trump.
0: You know, why couldn't Pepe have been for Joe Biden?
1: Poor Pepe. Yeah, rest in I mean, peace they- Pepe. Well, uh,
0: not according to the internet that I'm on, maybe the internet of the guy who created him and killed him, but <laughs> right. the internet I'm on, the, the minute that story hit, there was pictures of Christ with Pepe's face superimposed over it, it says he has risen, right.
1: so. Right, yeah, the creator of Pepe the Frog <laughs> yeah. kills him because he has no control of him anymore. Let's see how that goes for you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You have Is no control the, over him anymore. You can't kill him. You are not Gavin Belson. You cannot
2: scrub the internet.
1: That's like writing fan fiction that kills off Wolverine because you hate him. doesn't mean Marvel stopped producing Mar- Wolverine comic books. Actually, Marvel killing Wolverine doesn't mean they stopped producing Wolverine Producing Comics. Wolverine comic, <laughs> comic books. <laughs> they did the goddamn truth. <laughs> they like tripled down on that shit. But yeah, man.
0: I mean, it's... it. it uh, but, you know, at one point... I mean, honestly, hindsight being what it is, gentlemen, I, God, it'd have been so nice if it was Biden running against Trump, but it just wasn't going to happen, man. I mean, it just wasn't.
2: Yeah, I, well,
1: it, let's not get lost in what if. There's too many what ifs. I, I, we, all we can concentrate now on is what's next. No, I.
2: Uh,
0: it, it just it, it it'd be interest. it have been interesting. Let's put it that way.
1: True.
2: I don't know, who do you not know like? You know, who do you vote for? The. Your, your creepy uncle or your, your aunt nobody likes? Well, you know,
0: something that, I'm, something that I'm finding interesting is that I would expect with everything that's happened, especially in the last week, that the diehard Hillary supporters who were so vocal against any third-party voters or, or the Bernie bros, Bernie or bust people, I, should, I guess I should say, haven't been more vocal and been like, hey, what about her emails now? You know what I'm saying? like that, that seems like a minor fucking thing compared to this. Uh, L- look at this shit. I've
1: seen plenty of that. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. Plenty, actually.
0: I, the only person... I'm No, I'm, I'm talking about in the mainstream consciousness, not online. Oh, okay. Online, okay. I see, okay. I'm talking to, No, I've
2: seen like I, Samantha B and Bill Maher have brought that those shit are the, up. Like, hey, how okay. about those emails now, huh?
0: That's it. Bill, I don't watch Samantha B and Bill Maher the only person I've heard bring it up so far. I've heard other people bring it up who are very... A political who are like, Oh boy, oh, we thought we had it bad with the emails, but that's they're not they're not making it, you know a declaration or a declar- yeah you know the word I'm trying to say with a joke they're just making a joke so I, I'm just like I said I'm just shocked because it seems like this is the right time and I really honestly, are the Democrats just sitting back biding their time hoping it gets so bad that they're like, hey, we're the best of a bad choice again' I know, right? That 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 worked so well last year. Hey,
1: even when Bill Clinton was uh, Bill Clinton, it's the late seventies all over again. Hey, it's better than Nixon. Even when Bill Maher was bringing that up, I'm like, you're not wrong, but to what end, Bill? Like, what is your what is your major point? That what do you get out of people admitting that? Well, yeah, I should have voted for Hillary over Trump because it. (laughs) I mean, would it be a better situation? Yeah, we we all understand that. But
0: you got to remember, he got savage for flip-flopping. I mean, he's been begging Bernie Sanders since the first time I saw him on Politically Incorrect, I believe, to run for president. He has been firmly in Bernie's corner. And for him to ju- when Bernie did ju- right. said, I'm done for him to jump off after savaging Hillary like he did. Right. He, I mean, he, he, he got called a flip-flopper. So he's pissed off and now he's enjoying the I told you so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But- because he, he was kind of – it looked like it was an agonizing decision for him to come out in full support of Hillary. That you knew it was only because Trump was running that he, he was hi- – Yeah, he was he Hillary's was,
0: ultimate wingman. He took the hit with the fat chick that night. He was like, yep, I'll, I'll have to do this. If yep, That's what, that's what he did. He didn't want to – everybody knows that. That's why it's coming off as, dude, this is your ego talking oh what about them right. e- emails now really really right, so, so yeah. you get to say i told you so that's all this is about bill it's kind of petty bro grow up
1: yeah so that that's how it came off to me too I, i'm glad you you see that the same way because i thought maybe i was just uh maybe being a little too picky
0: no i actually went right. back and rewound it and played it again to make sure i heard it in the context i heard it in properly and i was right. like Wow, dude, you don't know when to let good enough lie, do you? I mean, I get that that's his job is to kind of... I wouldn't say Bill Maher hurdles over the line very often, but he flirts with it. But it's like, really, dude? Didn't we learn that this doesn't work? This isn't going to get people to vote for who you want them to vote for next time? You're really... What you're doing is reinforcing people who are like, well, fuck this guy. I'm definitely not voting for who he supports. You're, You're doing more harm than good to puff your ego up. Is I thought that too. I, like, I yeah. mean we we got to get past that, man. Yeah. I mean, I understand. We we this is not the time for ha ha look what happened. Now don't you feel stupid? It's not the time for that. And the Democrats to me are just sitting on their fucking asses, it waiting to see the fallout from everything going on and I can only hope that behind the scenes there's a new element in the Democratic Party who is truly progressive. are like let's just bide our time and then we'll fucking strike when the iron's hot because if it's the same old democrats who fucked it up last year and last election we're just deeper and deeper in shit i'm afraid well
1: yeah but i there's part of the the democrats hesitancy that i can understand because if you're going to be talking about things like impeachment if you're talking about removing a president from office you've gotta have a rock hard case because you're probably only going to get one shot at it and definitely yeah and if you if you fail it's going to do a lot of damage to your your own political career and possibly bring your party down with you
0: but see that what i'm talking about is a group of democrats who are like look we're not going to spearhead this attack what they're going to do is they're going to go find someone in their party to go okay You're a middling, middle-to-low-level person in the Democratic Party. You're not a rising star. Here's your chance. It's a fucking, you either win it all or you lose it all. Go after Trump for us. And if you win, you They get their own Bobby Jindal. And if you go under, you go under and you fall on that sword on your own. Because that's how politics are played, man. That's just all there is to it.
1: There there, There was one Democrat to actually call for impeachment of the president this week and i can't oh it was al green not the let's stay yeah. <laughs> not let's stay together al green
0: yeah but yeah yeah i i i forgotten about that but once again there you go but, who the fuck is al green right in, so in the he Democratic probably
1: <laughs> he fits your your description there rich <laughs> he's a crooner from the
2: 70s
0: look it's seriously you know it's all it's it's all games and chess playing behind the scenes and when you really stop to think about it, you, re- you start to realize most of these people are no smarter than your average person. We just, uh, we just, for some reason, because they're in a position of power, ascribe this intelligence to them that's not there. And they keep proving it. And we keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. Stop giving these people the benefit of the doubt. They're just as dumb as that suck ass at work who sucks up to the boss you know, and, and stabs everyone in the back trying to get ahead.
1: They're just normal people who are not afraid of public speaking.
0: Exactly. So it's like
1: actors are. Ah.
0: In fact, I would make a case that there's some politicians out there that are far better actors who are celebrated in Hollywood. I mean, I, you guys remember the the clip of, uh, uh, I'm going to steal how you, how you refer to him, Billy Jeff there at a funeral, uh, and he was lined up with the former presidents. I can't remember what funeral it was. have, might even have been Nixon. but, And they went to a shot of him. And he's laughing, and then he looks over and he notices the, the video cameras on him, and instantly he goes into lower lip bite, mourning Clinton mode. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it is a fucking switch, guys. Oh, shoot. It is literally that quick. <laughs>
2: They're looking at me,
0: and it's oh, like, I'm dude. So
2: sad now.
0: Here's the fucked up part. I, I've been to plenty of funerals. Funerals are horrible things, and people, and some people deal with it through humor. That's all he had to do, but that's how much he that's how fake he is. It's an instinct he turns it on and off like a light switch.
3: you are fake news
0: these are the people that are running our country. they're bullshit artists, yeah, yeah, and you just have to remember that and deal with them accordingly sorry i have no i have i have no i have zero patience with the political arena this week it it's uh, it's just yeah. been it's <laughs> it's been it's been so much bullshit, and I'm just sitting there going really. Uh, And we're not going to talk about this. We're going to focus on this. And we're not going to talk about – I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about even the media, even in how shit's reported. Yeah, yeah. NPR released three articles I read in the last four days that that said impeachment of Donald Trump is, like, highly unlikely – I believe one of the articles even even put the percentage around eighty five ninety percent unlikely with the Republican Congress. And I'm like, okay, are you planting the seeds, or is this what these fucking people really think who wrote these articles?
1: Well, well, you know, they're reporting facts as they stand right now. And Congress
2: does have to vote on removing the president after impeachment.
1: Yeah, but if Trump becomes a big enough anchor which it seems like he's becoming he's going to lose he's he's going to lose republicans who are not willing to go down with that ship so I, I don't know i still think that it it can happen without us having to turn over either the house or the senate which is probably going to happen anyway well
0: i don't know i i, I the, the only way i do, for me to deal with it in my mind is i don't even put a timetable on it I just I, I look at it and I go, is it what's the, is it more it's, likely than not it's going to end up this way?
1: It's really tough to balance your expectations with this because on one hand, you do want to you know from history that these things take time. Actually, I saw on a, a bar graph that I think maybe the the Washington Post or somebody had put up that showed in length of months each like scandal that was investigated by a special prosecutor and how long it took and the average is well over a year and i think you know most reasonable people would say that would be kind of generous if we don't even think that we if we're not even completely sure that we have impeachable offenses here Then, uh, yeah, it's probably going to take a while. But then the other side of it is how fast this is happening. Yeah, that's how how he's he's doing this before he can really get fully into power. He doesn't like we were saying earlier. He doesn't have a full staff to work with, and he's not going to be able to get one now. And I think it's a lot easier to get this process going when. when it's coming apart this quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's
2: right at the beginning. So there's not a lot, not a lot to tear down and go through, right? Right. But yeah, that to me, so, that's just what's taking it back. To me, it's just the the, the, the speed accelerated of pace of this. Like, wow, you were breaking some rules really fast, really quickly. Right, because
1: usually, when we see these things, these type of things go down. It's done by somewhat competent politicians who understand how to lie properly and what information to keep hidden. So This guy gives no fucks. Yeah.
0: And there's also, there's also usually because they played politics at a point to get to the place they're at, they're owed favors and people will cover for them and help keep things out of the media. Whereas there is...
1: Right? No, it's an important point. The structure around them that protects them.
0: Yeah, and Trump is—he just seems like, no, there's—I don't care if you're on my side. Your toes are in my way. I'm gonna step on them. I'm not even gonna ask you to move them.
1: Right. There's almost a little bit of truth to what he says about this being such a horrible witch hunt, and how you know people are out to get him like no other president in history. And yeah, you know there probably are more leaks happening. Coming from this White House more than any others, because you're so horrible to work with. That's part of the leaks that are coming I, out. Is what a fucking shitty ass job yeah. it is to actually work for Trump. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, and I would agree with those statements for with him pre-inauguration day. After that, dude, you're just you, you're you're giving us
1: shit to find. It's not like it's a witch hunt. You are literally mm. just giving right. Well, it's a witch hunt. Only there's an actual witch in Salem that's eating children. So we do have to do something about it, right?
2: (laughs) Like everybody's attitude before Inauguration Day, I'll give him that. But now, ever since you've been in office, now you're, you're, you're standing, you're pouring
1: gas in the fire. Right. Right. And it's not a witch hunt because there are no such thing as witches. And there is such a thing as you being a colossal fuck up. Even if you don't believe even if you don't believe that he is colluding with Russians, that he is acting in, in his own interests or whatever, even if you don't believe that he is guilty of obstruction of justice, he is so fucking incompetent at just doing the job of president that he needs to be removed He thought it would for be that easier. reason alone.
2: He thought it would be easier. He actually fucking said that.
1: Multiple my,
0: times about multiple subjects.
2: I miss my old life. I thought it would be easier.
0: He said it about health care. Oh, this is more complicated than I thought. He said it after ten minutes of talking to the, the Russian diplomat, China, not Russian but Chinese diplomat. What's
1: wrong with you. R- right. Uh, the whole North it, Korea, South Korea thing, the whole China and Taiwan thing. It's like well, this is all way more complicated than I thought. What? Which oh,
0: means you no, know what happened is that fucking that, that Chinese diplomat walked in there, sat down with him, dispensed with the pleasantries, and for 10 minutes dropped knowledge on his ass mm-hmm. to the point where he was like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, maybe Trump tried to order the happy family. He probably had a couple that, like uh, questions to feel him out with. And then when he realized that this man truly did know absolutely nothing, then he fed him his own agenda. And that's that's one of the major reasons why he's not fit for the presidency, because he can be so easily manipulated by foreign powers not directly taking money from putin and doing his master's bidding but literally just being so naive that he can be manipulated into whatever action or policy any foreign power wants him to have
0: exactly and to people who think that he's putin's puppet putin is the type of person who's in power who doesn't want a puppet he wants to be able to pull the strings and have the strings pulled for him he doesn't want them in his pocket he wants them to where it's just like hey i you know there's plausible deniability here there's a there's there's a few degrees of separation between him and me and like you said it, world powers are starting to be like the ones who aren't like you know god really guys trump that's who you voted for you know we really don't like him the ones who are shrewd the ones who are just out to fucking manipulate them are just doing exactly what you said hey let's this guy's an idiot let's just fucking roll with it
1: right i bet you there's some world leaders out there that are doing the uh no please mr trump don't throw me in the briar patch yeah exactly maybe south korea is doing that like no please don't put missiles in our country yeah it's just it's quite the amazing shit show well this next nine days is going to be really interesting We're going to see Trump traveling the world, meeting world leaders, saying ridiculous shit, having next to no White House staff to filter his message, tweeting like crazy, most likely, and having no direct control over the shitstorm that is going on in his own country. We're going to see him truly exposed this week. That's my prediction. Hopefully not a dick pic. <laughs> accidentally
2: tweets. He's trying to send us some chickie in an Actually, Italian deli
1: I, Have you seen the picture that is supposed, to, supposedly him, uh, standing get, naked, standing naked, getting the the spray tan?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you would see his junk if his if it wasn't covered up. He's got small by, by his own stomach. But, um, niggas, me, yeah, he, he does have small eyes. hands. <laughs>
3: very astute very <history laughs> observation. <laughs>
2: uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's been around the world. It's
1: oh, puffy and Biggie. I don't know that one. No, I
2: was
0: Mace, because he sounds like he's fucking got a mouthful of Novocaine.
1: It's true.
2: Mace was mumbling before mumbling was the thing.
3: There's-
0: no, sir.
2: I, th- I think Puffy was like, "Okay, Biggie's
0: dead, and I need, and you ain't fat, so we're gonna shoot you up a Novocaine, so you get that slur in your voice." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just,
1: I didn't know anybody sampled "Let's Dance." I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever heard that before.
2: Yeah, I think that was the number one hit, actually, at least top fiver.
1: Well, what else do we want to talk about? Should we get to uh, Chris Cornell's passing?
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's a big elephant. The big musical elephant in the room sucks. I, was-
0: I actually was listening to. Serious today at work. Yeah. And one of the channels had all of his stuff that he had performed was serious. And it was a, an acoustic set that I hadn't heard. And they interviewed him. David Fick from Rolling Stone interviewed him in between songs. Just him, a, a guy on guitar and a mandolin and a viola player. And they were talking to him about his influences. And one of the things that now with what has happened has happened. I listened to it and I was I was like, wow, he's talking a lot about guys like Nick Drake being a huge influence to him and how Nick Drake was, most of his music was like melancholy at best and depressing, you know, I guess at worst if that's the way you want to look at it, and how it spoke to him and stuff, and how so many of his songs are based out of depression, pretty noose, you know, I mean, it... I. I'm sure a lot of people thought it was a metaphor for something Apparently, no It was A noose was looking like a good idea at a time to him When he wrote that song
1: Well, you know, th- that's interesting you know, though Because the, there's a statement from the family today that, said that, that asked everybody to please reserve judgment In what actually happened to him Until they get the toxicology report back from the coroner's office
0: Well, he did and- have a prescription for Adivan, And he said he had taken a couple extra to his wife and that, that, when he talked to her before he, I haven't up. just hyped you up. I haven't. No, Adavan is a is a is a anti anxiety drug. You're thinking Adderall? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I also well, I wanted to ask you guys because I've heard conflicting things about how he was found. He was in the bathtub with something around his neck.
0: According to the Detroit News article I read. He talked to his wife, he kept saying, I'm just tired, I'm just tired. He was slurring his words, and then he got off the phone abruptly. She called his bodyguard, who was two doors down at the MGM Grand, I believe it was. He had a key to Chris's room, went to the door, opened the door, but it was latched. So he kicked the door open, and the bathroom door was latched, so he kicked that open. And when he found him, he had a red, uh, uh, oh, shit almost like what you would hang a key uh, like a key or a, a picture like a id from
1: Bungie, like a lanyard
0: uh, like a yeah but he, th- that's this was like from the police report it, it, that's what he said it appeared to be so he automatically called the the hotel said we need i need a nurse up here he started cpr the nurse started cpr the doctor showed up oh, tried cpr and at 130 pronounced him dead and so that's from the police report according to the Detroit News that's from the horse's mouth and then they said when they contacted his his wife to let her know what had happened she informed them that he has indeed had a history of drug abuse and that he had a prescription for Adivan and that's when she said that he had taken a couple extra now the interesting part is I went back and watched some footage from his show his last show here in Detroit and It's—I wouldn't say professionally shot, but it's not someone holding up a cell phone cam. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He is behind on his vocals. He's slurring. He's very like lethargic on stage.
3: Hmm.
0: This is—I'm just reporting what I saw. Anyway, if you look, if you go on the internet, you can look it up. If you want to see it bad enough, you can find it easily. It's not—it's not like it's a you know beheading video. You have to go to some crazy site to look at. Right. So.
1: Well, I saw the set list, and I was like, I wish I saw yeah, that show.
0: Yeah, no shit. Set list. <laughs> dude, Slaves and Bulldozers, they pulled that I know, out. Right? I was like, god damn, dude. Yeah. And in the, the clip I saw, they went from uh, Room a Thousand Years Wide. I think it's a Room a Thousand Years Wide, where he's like, the devil says. Yeah. the Count Yeah. The yeah. They did that intro right into Spoon Man, and I was like, oh my god, they're going to play Room a Thousand Years Wide and yeah. Spoon Ah well, at least I got to hear a little bit of it. <laughs> so, but yeah, they pulled out some some shit that I would not think they would be playing. Like I, I was shocked, and the band was solid. I mean, everything except like I said, to me, it just sounded like he was. T- if he this hadn't happened and I saw it, I'd say it sounded like he was tired. Like just the way he sang.
2: Why does it got to be in Detroit, man? It uh, so. Wait. Way to have another shitty place in history, Detroit. It was. It was yeah, kind of it's weird. Not De- it's not Detroit's fault.
1: Just, it's Wednesday at work, uh, right before we were all getting ready to leave, one of the guys was looking at us here, and he's like, "Oh shit, Soundgarden's here tonight." I should go see him. I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, I should go see him too." I'd like to see Soundgarden again. I don't know. Yeah, if I'll I know, get that. I, I don't know if I'll get that chance again. Yeah, right? yeah I know, not.
0: right? But yeah, yeah, I know quite a few people who went and saw it. So it's that's the one thing it, it, it happened in Detroit. I've talked to people and heard from people who were there. So it's the one
2: mm-hmm. Seattle band I got to see the original coordination Nation during the original run. Ooh, whatever, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw them the ninety-seven at the Palace. They were on tour for uh, Down on the Upside. Six months later, yeah. they were broken up.
1: I week for my birthday. Thanks a lot. I saw them still uh, touring for uh, Bad Motorfinger at Lollapalooza. Oh,
2: All right, you win the hipster battle.
1: <laughs> you saw them first. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely into. I wasn't into them from a super early age. Um, I remember well. Just I started getting into alternative music before the the grunge scene hit, and. I was familiar with um, mostly what was the, the big song off of their SST record? Is Arms Wide Open?
0: Uh, love Across. or. Uh, shit.
1: Off was that of, just, Was uh, that not the title? Or was it just Love the All the open or something?
2: Hold on. It was Louder Than I, Love? Louder Than. That was. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was I mean, the first one. Then,
1: uh, ultra Mega OK. Screaming Life. Ultra Mega OK. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think of the song. that that the album. But anyway, I had heard stuff by them, I guess is my point. I wasn't like a big fan, but knowing alternative music. You know, I was really into bands like Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth and, and stuff like that. Anyway, so they were kind of on my radar, but then when I heard Bad Motor Finger, that was, it was kind of one of those uh eye-opening records where maybe i had kind of written them off as maybe a little too metal because i had come from that you know i went from very in a short span went from like a preteen metalhead to a little bit of uh classic rock burnout to alternative kid so maybe there's part of the soundgarden sound that i was resisting but then when i heard this album much like when i heard uh, alice and chains for the first time uh not actually no not for the first time again i had heard uh, the single from the first album but when dirt came out that was another one of those like that brought me right back to that the, there was still part of me that loved just good riffs and crazy distorted guitars you know yeah like i was i hadn't lost that part of me i hadn't totally morrised out i mean i was <laughs> this i was one of the kids that found out about
2: siren garden through Beavis and Butthead like them watching a video for outshine yeah and i picked a bad motor finger and it flew my fucking mind whoa like yes. it was like it was more like metal can be like this more than like yeah like you know cuz what cuz what this comes out what 91 92 what's 92, metal right? yeah. yeah what's metal right then Motley Crue, Poison. Or excuse
0: me, you were right, 91. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, you know, this was, this, this was before, you know, Nirvana had just started, you yeah. know, kicking these guys in the balls. It hadn't come full... It wasn't five years later when they were all dead. Yeah. Well, big flaming pile on Aquaman.
0: What's funny is that me growing up, I, I worked at a guitar shop when I was like 14. It was like around 91. And... A lot of the guitar players that come in were into the fucking hair metal, butt rock type shit, and the Soundgarden came up in discussion one day, and like half of the guys who were the hair metal guys hated them, and the other half loved them. And the one thing that I guess stuck out in my mind was that on uh, Louder Than Love, they had a song called Big Dumb Sex. Yeah. Which basically was taking the piss out of fucking the cock rock movie. Yep, yep. And the cock rockers who who didn't want to do cock rock, but it was the only way to 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 make money, were the ones that loved Soundgarden. The die hard ones were the ones that hated them for that song. You're like, fuck that! They made fun of us, basically. (laughs) Fuck them, man. And so I heard Big Dumb Sex, and me already being coming from like a blues R and B, and then like I got into more of the alternative rock because I couldn't get into the, the. Cock rock was just too silly for me. I just couldn't do it. It was like professional wrestling. It's like that's for kids.
1: Yeah, but I was a kid in my defense. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong,
0: there's still some I like, you know. I mean, I I, I think the most cock rocky album I owned was Appetite for Destruction. So that does
2: not that's just wrong. I'm in that club. I, I have I had Dr. Fielder. Yeah, I had that one.
0: But yeah, I remember yeah, hearing Big Dumb Sex and then I think Outshine was the first single off Bad Motorfinger. Or was it Jesus Christ post? Jesus Christ post. I
2: heard one of them. Really? First time I heard Uh, Jesus Christ post, I was like, this is the heaviest song I've ever heard in my life. Right, right. No, no, no. It it was,
1: I thought they did did Outshined and then Rusty Cage. I don't think Jesus Christ post.
0: Rusty Cage was, I know it was in 92 because I remember when that video got the premiere treatment on MTV. It was a big deal because of Outshined that had been out already.
1: Right. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It was their second single was Rusty Cage off the album, wasn't it? Or or did they release Jesus Christ Pose as a as a single? That's I, think, one, that I think, think it was a radio nuts.
0: single only because I don't even remember a video for
2: it.
1: Oh, there's a video for it. I just is found
2: it? out yeah, about it is, like
1: yeah. two or three years ago. I was like,
2: whoa, shit, there's a video for this song?
0: But yeah, I remember hearing it on the radio. It, might be, it, might be, it was either 89X or 98.7. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. This yeah. is great. Like, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And... Same thing with Alice in Chains. It was, it was the, the hair metal guys were split down the middle about Alice in Chains. They're like, they either loved it or they didn't. And one yeah, the these guys rock,
1: but why do they got to do this weird shit?
0: Yeah, one of the things that was why, said was... Where's was your awesome. song about was cars? <laughs> where's your song was, about girls? I was talking to one of the guys who played in Seduce at the time, and he goes...
1: Wait, which one? <laughs> where's the song uh, about
2: rocking and fucking? Smiles
0: That was the nickname That we always called him At the guitar shop Smiles Smiles He looked like Nuno Nuno Betancourt Okay From Extreme I
1: worked worked with uh, What um, Oh shit What was his name Dave Guitar player Anyway Moving on
0: But yeah And the, the, The subject of Soundgarden Alice in Chains Come up And I was like I like that And he's like, you like that stuff? He goes, I bet you like driving and crying, too. I'm like, yeah, I like that one song I've heard. He goes, what's with this artsy-fartsy alternative shit with you? (laughs) And I was like, it's rock, dude. It's better than that bullshit that fucking you're playing. I
2: know, right?
0: Right. I mean, I didn't say that. I was a 14-year-old kid. He just slapped the shit out of me. But, you know, and and on top of it, I was at work.
1: (laughs) That was part of the magic of their appeal, the ability to cross over to expand their audience without without completely selling out. And, yeah, I mean, we just described coming at that band from different directions. And, yeah. and well, really,
0: if you really look at it, it was them, bands like Green River mm-hmm. and Mother Love Bone until and Andrew Wood died, yep. Mud mm-hmm. Honey, who really Lucky were it. the first wave of so-called grunge whatever the fuck you they wanted to label it coming out of seattle
1: well they were in uh mark arm and the other guy i forget his name were in um uh green river too
2: yeah yeah, yeah. like green river was first everyone was in green river i remember reading an article about the genealogy of the seattle scene like, yeah Everybody was in fucking Green River.
0: Oh, it was because it was such a different scene from L.A. and San Francisco. It was real incestuous. Yeah. Everybody had played with everybody.
1: Have you heard uh, Chris Cornell's interview with, uh, um, what's his name, WTF podcast? Mark Marin. Mark, Mark Maron. Maron? Yeah, I not. He posted it that day. No intro or anything, just like, fuck, this happened. Okay, here's my interview with Chris Cornell. And... Yeah, it's a great interview. I I'd, I'd heard it on at the time because it was I don't know, maybe 2-3 years ago now. I forget what year it was recorded in. Maybe it was uh Yeah, 2014. But um It's a it's a great interview and he talks a lot about the history of the band and how one thing is like people's reactions to them especially early on. That he said the the guys from the Screaming Trees came out initially to make fun of his band because of the name Soundgarden. And then turned out they actually rocked. So, <laughs> so the, yeah, so the basic reaction from the scene in Seattle at the time was we came out because your name was gay. It turns out you're like Led Zeppelin, but in a good way.
0: <laughs> Without yep. all the. Uh Without all the fucking uh, Tolkien references in right. Hobbits
1: and yeah, shit. That's, true.
2: That, that, that is our, that's our generation, Robert Plant, right? But, you know,
1: the, that was the other tie, yeah, is the vocal. It wasn't just the guitar riffs. It was the fact that he had this incredible vocal range. That's yeah. another thing he talks about in the interview is how reticent he was to even sing. He's not professionally trained in any way. Well, that that blows total, my fucking mind. a total punk rock guy who was playing drums for Soundgarden, and they needed a singer. And he was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. I know, right? Yeah. And just started screaming in order to keep o- over the guitars. Yeah,
0: the the interview I heard they were talking to him about uh, starting off, and yeah, it was like it was as simple as he had bought um, the bass from the from Soundgarden's original bass player. He owed him one payment,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he had moved in with a guy, and the guy was like he'd lived with him for two days, and the guy was a complete freak, like just flipped out for two days straight. So when he called the, the original bass player, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I know he's a Japanese guy. I, that's all I remember about him. But uh, he goes, hey, I got that payment for the bass. And he's like, oh, okay. What else is going on? He goes, you know anybody looking for a roommate? And then it's boom. That's how he ended up, you know, yeah. being roommates with the original bass player and getting into the whole thing.
2: Hiro Yamamoto? Yeah,
0: yes, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's went from the drums to lead singer. And that's, that's the other thing. This is. Uh, non musicians, hopefully they can follow it. But one of the things about Soundgarden that they were known for was writing in odd time signatures yes. for pop music, but making you be able to bob your fucking head to it. Outshined is in 7 8, and that fucking thing grooves heavier than a lot of fucking. than a, than a lot of funk records, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, they had a big influence on. A lot of subgenre metal for years to but come. T- also, alternate tuning.
2: Still, that's what they mm-hmm. were big into as well. I mean, it's it, and then uh, Super Unknown came out, and it, my mind—I didn't even think my mind could be blown even more. Like that—that that album plays such a huge part in my youth, in my musical development. Yeah, you know the, you know the, you know the guitar tab books. I didn't have many right, right. of them. I had it for Super Unknown. Like they were yeah. doing shit with guitar, and I was just getting into guitar at the time. I'm like wow. You can play rock music like this. It doesn't have to all be power chords or fucking, or t- to even Kim Thiel, the way he plays lead. He's a huge influence on the way I played lead. Like, it, he wasn't running scales. He wasn't tremolo picking. Like, right, right.
0: Well, that's what, that's what I found in an interview when he, I didn't realize how influenced he was by Nick Drake. And Nick Drake, if you know anything about him, all, almost all his songs are in some weird fucking tuning. I mean, I've had to look up the tuning of some of his songs, and there's not even a name for it. It's almost like he was fucking around, tuned a guitar to that, wrote a song in that tuning, remembered it, and later on recorded it.
1: Yeah, like Donnie Mitchell. Yeah, Same same thing. She's rumored to have never really tuned her guitar. She just picks it up and figures something out on it.
0: Well, that was the other thing that David Frick kept asking him was about his folk influence. And he said, growing up, of course, he had heard all the folk that, by the time Seals and Croft come along, folk had become like
1: folk watered was down.
0: Yeah. He was talking about the old folk. He's like, it had a very punk rock attitude as far as the lyrics, as yeah. far as the message behind it. And that's, that's what drew him in. But then guys like Nick Drake drew him in more for the, he didn't sound like any other folk artist. Nothing sounded like Nick Drake when Nick Drake was, you know, around and really there's very few people who even I think like I can think of a handful of guys who can kind of pull off Nick Drake like even a cover of it, and it sounds like not like it sounds good so it was just yeah it was amazing I never realized all that about him until the interview and I was like wow but then at the same time he kind of because this was three years ago four years ago that he recorded this interview they were talking to him about how long he had sober at that point I didn't realize how big of a problem he had with the
2: bottle. Oh, yeah. yeah. booze. Do you like booze and pills, I read something uh, yesterday how we talked about how he was a uh, trailblazer in uh, uh, addiction to oxys. Like, he was yeah. hooked on him back at the... Uh, uh, right after Soundgarden broke up, when he made that whole Euphoria Morning r- right album, he was going through a big
1: uh, problem with oxys. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, and- he didn't start drinking a, a, in the interview I heard last night until... Um, until near the end of Soundgarden breaking up. so like one the, the last things, year of Soundgarden he started drinking heavily and then started the pills after.
0: Well, one of the things I thought was interesting is I, I if you go back and watch the Pearl Jam documentary 20 about their 20th year anniversary, he's, ex- he's in it extensively at the beginning, especially talking about Mother Love Bone and how close him and Andrew Wood were. And after seeing how shook up he was... 25 years down the road after, you know, Andrew Wood had died talking about it and that he had done it because of his drug addiction, I didn't, I would never have thought that he had as big a problems with addiction as he had. It seemed like that had scared him, not straight, but, you know, to where he never fucked around, like maybe drinking. I couldn't imagine him putting a, a needle in his arm. He never seemed like that type of guy. But yeah, apparently, yeah, he had the issue... Booze, booze and pills are not too good things to mix, right? and that's why I'm kind of waiting for the toxicology report, like his family said, because if he was drunk and then he took Ativan, Ativan is something they give you to come off of, one of the uses is when you're coming off of a drunk bender and you've had already had the DTs before, the seizures and all that stuff, that's to ease your, your withdrawal symptoms.
1: right? So, so
0: if, if he was drinking and taking it, that's you're not supposed you're not supposed to do that, but especially if I, drink heavy.
1: But if I under the, understand the situation with it so far, is that he didn't he, he didn't hang himself, right? It's he overdosed on something, and it's whether it was an in te- intentional or not. Well, guys, is that how you understand it? No,
0: not really. Did the medical it's examiner of, say it he, was? He called it a suicide. Now here's my thing. Here's the 500 well, pound elephant. In well, room. yeah, but that's what the like family
1: some- is asking us to reserve judgment for is as to whether it was a suicide or not. So we know it was an overdose. It, he didn't strangle or like. Do no, some we weird don't know it's yet. an
0: overdose. They haven't done the toxicology report yet.
1: All, we're going, all, the, all the,
0: that article I, I was quoting from Detroit News was going right, by it was the police report, and what his wife said he had told her. He took a few extra Ativan tonight, which shouldn't... Fu- it, hey, look, if you are in the hospital and you're recovering, and you, for whatever reason you're thrashing around a lot but you're still not conscious, they snow you on Advan so you don't move around and rip open stitches and stuff. Right. Ativan would have knocked him out. My question, which is, like I said, the 500-pound grill in the room, is this a Michael Hutchins type thing maybe? Maybe he got drinking a little bit. He took some van, got a little whatever feeling, and whoops. Yeah. And the family's like, we don't want that to be his legacy, because that's all anyone talks about with Michael Hutchins and David Carradine.
1: Or, are, or well, he could have just... Uh,
2: to, to be I, fair, Chris Cornell had more hit records than Michael Hutchins. <laughs> he's got a better legacy going for him. <laughs> did he? I mean, did... did, oh, did, yeah, did basically, rock, my question On the Rock is, Charts, two broad uh, known debuted on the number one at the... Billboard Top 100. That's my the regular qu- charts.
0: Here's my question, and here's the hard-hitting question, I think. Did Detroit's lack of really good-looking hookers drive oh. him to kill himself? Oh, with come artifacts? on. Oh. I, I, what? If he was in <laughs> Canada. He could have got a good one. I mean, but he was, in the, he was on the Detroit side of the river. It's a valid question. Or is he loyal? No, because he was on the phone with his wife. Is he just a loyal guy that was like, I'm a little drunk. I'm a little whatever. And he misjudged the situation. I mean, look, either way, it's not going to matter to me. People do dumb shit all the time, and they get hurt or they kill themselves in the result of it. And does it suck? Yes. But I'm not going to go, I'll never listen to Soundgarden again because he was jerking off with a rope around his neck. If that was the case, I wouldn't talk to half my friends, the sick fucks. So, (laughs) I mean, it's, but I mean, I, I think it's, why has not even, that hasn't even been brought up at all. Because, I mean, honestly, if I'm his bodyguard, I'm on tour with him to the point I'm two doors down from his hotel room. When I find him, if his junk's out, I'm putting his junk away, and then I'm calling.
2: I know, right? I'm like, I'm like
0: no, I can't let this. I, I'm not going to let. I got you, dude. I worked for this
2: guy up, for 20 years. I can't let him go out like this.
0: It's like a true brother who, if he walked in and he found that you had like had a heart attack at your computer, he'd wipe your history before he called 911. He'd be like, no, we can't have the family knowing what he was looking at. <laughs> go it's find like, a-
2: go- him. <laughs> Go find all your porno mags, throw them away real quick.
0: I mean, I I know it's I know it's like kind of amusing a little bit, or someone's out there going, I can't believe he's joking about this. These are valid questions in our day and age. I mean, let's be honest here. You don't even need a laptop for fucking porn. You got your fucking phone. So I mean, ultimately, I, this is something else I've taken from this, and this is on a more serious note. Is all of the artists that have come out and posted about them or released statements and. Guys from bands I haven't heard or thought of in forever, like the band Eleven. I haven't heard or thought of them in fucking decades.
2: That guy produced Euphoria Morning. Yeah, that's what, what I found out. <laughs> the uh, uh, the guitar player from Eleven was yeah. producer on Euphoria Morning. Well, but I mean, dude, his, I used to really like, I used to be really into Chris Cornell
1: oh, okay. back in the day. I, what's Euphoria Morning? His uh, first solo show, album, Post okay, Sound yeah. Garden. Ah, I gotcha. Okay,
0: but it got me thinking that you know some of these guys were posting about oh that you know they knew he had issues with depression and blah 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 and this and that and even even Aaron you said listening to bad motorfinger an album that's what 25 years old at this point or older you were like i'm yeah. picking up a lot of like death imagery in the in the lyrics
1: oh it's it's all over the place
0: that's i mean yeah that's that i mean i've
1: actually got the lyrics up here right now Uh, if you're just scanning them what song is this from holy water is uh where'd it go bloody murder is the best i've heard her scream uh i thought i'd be able to find these faster than this use my inspiration for a guillotine fire a loaded metal cannon to the page Well,
0: I mean, to me, the one that sticks out without even having to look up the lyrics, but I guess I should, is Drawing Flies off that album.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. Um, Yeah, that's the the, sitting here like wet ashes with X's in my eyes and drawing flies. Hey, man. How about from The Day I Tried to Live? From uh, Mind Riot. Sharpen my wits on a dead man's skull. The lives we make
2: never seem to get us anywhere but dead. Now here's what's interesting about that song, because I asked him
0: about the, the lyrical content on that song in an interview I heard today, and he said he thinks too many people take live as in in the wrong way. He was like I was talking about I'm a very I, I I'm very comfortable being by myself, being isolated, but when I get that way I realize I have to go outside and force myself to join the rest of humanity every once in a while. And he's like, it's about going out and being like, wow, I really don't fit yeah. out here, do I?
1: Here's from Searching with My Good Eye Closed. Stop, you're trying to bruise or you're trying to kill my time. It's been my death since I was born. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, he uses the word death in it. all I'm saying is like, it can't not stand out. There's a lot more than I thought of. And, and, but mind you, I'm getting all this from a website called darklyrics.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you also have to remember around that time, he just buried his his best friend and his former roommate, Andrew Wood, to a drug overdose. Because if you listen to a lot of the so- stuff he wrote around that time, uh, two or three songs, right? Uh, Hunger Strike, Reach Down, and Say Hello to Heaven off the Temple of a Dog were all written... Like, he, he flat out said, that is about Andrew Wood. Um, if I remember correctly, Seasons off the single soundtrack is completely about Andrew Wood. And I mean, the lyrics in that song is, you know, basically about being left far behind by someone else. God, I know I just made an involuntary reference to Candlebox, but. But I mean, like, a loss and <laughs> depression and death because that's what he was going through at the time. I mean, really. This is what really made me think about this. If you look at the Seattle scene and you look back at a lot of the, the bands that knew each other, they all had that common thread of they knew people who had overdosed and died in the scene. Not just Andrew Wood, but I can't remember her name from Bikini Kill. She you know, she overdosed. That yeah, a Wasn't, lot that, of those the, guys wasn't that the
2: chick that Kurt Cobain was supposed to marry? I believe so. Like, yeah. Oh, no,
0: she was the one who said, Kurt smells like teen spirit, and he didn't know what that meant. If I remember, if, that, if I got my, my Seattle lore right. Oh,
2: yeah, no, you're right. I know you're there right. was a right. the chicken bikini kill that Kirk Cobain was, he proposed to like a bunch of times, she kept saying no. And then- well,
0: it might have been her. Because, yeah, from what I remember, the story, they were pretty tight. And it might have been one of those, he wanted to be more, and she was like, we're just friends type thing. But still, I mean, all this, look at all that, all the Seattle stuff. Even the the stuff that's outside of your average music listener's top 40 point of view go listen to screaming trees go listen to tad i mean there's a lot of that stuff is dark and deals with the darker side of life that all their lyrics that those guys wrote. even queen to the and,
2: stone age is in that family tree because uh not even because of dave grohl uh lead singer from uh, screaming cheese mark Lanigan. 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 yeah yeah he's like the second lead like he's all over uh songs for the deaf
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 when uh, Josh Homme quit Caius, he joined Queens of the Stone Age for a little bit, and it was like, eh, it's not my thing. But Mark Lanigan was like, it got you out the house, didn't it? Got you back to playing, didn't it? Got you to, from being depressed, that your band broke up. But that's mm-hmm. these are real friendships these guys have. This has been no different than our when we were musicians, our group, tight group of you know musicians that we knew if for some reason we just started getting signed and next thing you know everybody knew about us and we're like we're just some little fucking group of musicians in Detroit you know like it's weird to turn on my t- turn TV and see my buddy who I've you know drawn dicks on like he's passed out in my house talking about w- what the lyrical content of his songs are to MTV I mean that's something that like I think is, is 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 lost in a lot of this when people are like Eddie Vedder's the last one left well yeah he's, these are your heroes but these are their people's these are their fucking friends that are dying off yeah
2: right. well, you know any if you know anything about history Pro Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder's the guy that uh, I think the record label found from California Wait, well, what now Eddie Vedder yeah, and he's Alice the guy and they from are guys from
1: the suburbs well no so, so, well, Chase, his Alex Chase were put no, together yeah, yeah no yeah. no hold on hold on hold on because
0: if it was true I'd give it to you but after Mother Love Bone Jeff and uh, the guy, basically the, the the original Pearl Jam lineup, got together and recorded a three song demo and started passing it out, saying, "Hey, if you know a singer, check, have him listen to this and see what he does with it." And they got one from him, and he was living in San Diego, and he turned three songs into a, like a three song trilogy with a with a story running through him. And they said, "We got to fly this guy up here." And the first thing he did when he got off the plane was, "Let's go to the rehearsal studio." And they just Started jamming. I've never heard anything about being put there by a record label.
2: It's oh, yeah, so maybe it was a record label, but yeah, I just know he wasn't from. He wasn't in the scene. He was a guy that was found from California, so that's how he found. Him. Yeah, well, right. I, I, I put the, my well, if, they, if they were searching for a singer, in wild and reckless speculation. If they were
1: searching for a singer and they had a record label backing them at the time, it only makes sense that the record label would be part of that search. But because it doesn't like, necessarily were, mean manufactured. I get you.
0: Yeah, they. Yeah, the record label for Mother Love Bone. They released their EP and their, their their first album, and then that was it. They they, they had no record label at that time, because I remember watching a documentary about it, and Stone was like, I didn't even touch my guitar. I, I thought, okay, my rock star dream's over, time to get a real job. I mean, so... It's just... It, it's There's that, and then the, they all know each other, and... There's also, I started, just start thinking about the state of music in the 90s versus since then.
2: That's the last great rock movement, man. I don't think we're ever going to see another one like that. Because the industry's it's, changed too much, too. Yeah.
0: Not only that, but it was the last, the 90s period. Think of all of the eclectic types of music that were on the charts through the 90s.
2: Super Unknown debuted at number one on the regular Billboard 200. I just don't exactly. have it. There ain't a rock album coming out that's debuting on the Billboard 200 now. It's gonna be. Su- it's gonna be. It's gonna be rap. It's gonna be country. It's gonna be hip hop. It's gonna be R and B. Rock is like rock has now rele- been relegated to its own fucking charts.
0: But I guess it's just I. It, you could turn on MTV and see all those types of music throughout the day. now They may have packaged them in shows like Yo MTV Raps or Headbangers Ball, but you could see all those different types of music and, and hear them. And now it's like, it's just not like that in the charts. And the charts reflected it back then. It's not like that. Now Now it's just the shit you just, if you hear it on the radio, you know that the, the record company, they pushed it. Oh, it's the new Katy Perry single and Radio's it's be in some movie.
2: Formats are too segmented now too. That's a thing. 20 years ago, it was starting, but radio wasn't as Formatted and segmented as it is now, you would still get. I mean, how did how did Eminem come up? I mean, a, part of his lore is a rock station in Detroit added him to their playlist. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, same thing with. I know there are how many DJs
1: have the freedom to add anything to the they playlist? They don't. Anymore. I was they in it. Don't, they man. don't. And you
2: get someone calls up and yells at you, and you get the job <laughs> threatened. Now I was the guy. Now I had worked my way into being the guy who controlled the music, but. It's not a story for nobody.
0: <laughs> well, even the even the Homeboys show or whatever they, they called it, the local music shows. Um, I know a guy who used to do the local music shows. He had bands he loved, and he would take them and bring them in. And he goes, "I could get a number, I could get a decent amount through, but there were certain ones they're like, we're not playing them, and why they don't fit our demographic." He's like, "It's eighty nine X." You play a Beastie Boys song into a Metallica song into a Nine Inch Nails song into
1: an Eminem song. Violent Femme song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The like, B-52s. what are you talk about?
0: What are you talking about? It's not going to fit our demographic. And yeah. they were just like very adamant. No, sorry. I mean, and this is a show that supposedly, at least, they present it this way to the public that the DJs that host this show have full autonomy to put on whoever they want. They don't.
1: I I used to listen to that station before it was 89 X, and they actually did have full autonomy to just go. They would they would play a crazy mixture of all different genres of music, and then be like, "Uh, oh, you know, what we're gonna do today. I uh, I'm gonna do eight songs by The Cure in a the row. These are all my favorite uh-huh. B sides by the, the Cure. First
2: time I heard the Humpty Dance was on 89 <laughs> X. Really. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, That's they the
1: would, kind of party it used to be at 89. Yeah, they would play, uh, like, De La Soul or PM Dawn. Shit like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, too, I mean, songs playing right now, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit gets a lot of credit for changing rock music. I mean, around here, I posted about this on social media, radio stations were tweaking their formats to be able to play this fucking song. Yeah. Like, they were going Hot AC or whatever they needed to do, or Adult Alternative. Like... Like, you know, stations out of the 1834 demo were trying to figure out excuses on how to play this song. Like, oh man.
0: The classic rock station in Florida I listened to when I was down there in the early, mid-90s, whatever. They went from when I got there, it was Molly Hatchet, Leonard Skinner, your stereotypical Florida classic rock with, with heavy leaning towards southern rock station to play in... Like you said, yeah, they played all that stuff, but then they were playing Soundgarden, Collective Soul. You know, I mean, like they were, and, and like that—that that ain't classic rock. Yeah. That shit's like five years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was—it's, yeah. It, it just got me thinking about it. and I'm like, God, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss those days. I know this is some old get off my lawn shit, but it's being able to different. turn on the radio and find something new that's halfway decent. That's not. Wow, that's like a diamond in the rough. Is Chris
2: Cornell the greatest rock voice of our generation? Yeah. I
1: don't know who's got him beat. The only only thing... I can hear
2: some assholes making arguments for Axl Rose, but no No, way. Not anymore, certainly. I mean, is he the
0: greatest or is he our favorite? He had two
1: ranges that he was... Like, one that he was really good in and one that he was okay at. And he didn't tend to stray... From either from one of two Yeah You either do the song In one range or the other Or do backing vocals In the lower range no, But I mean as far as Just pure voices You could have him With uh, Crunchy
2: guitars And big drums Behind him Or you could just give him An acoustic guitar And you get Good performance Every time It just It's a talent Too I mean just As far as so I said rock voices Because I mean Trust me You say voices a whole bunch of other people come into play. There's rock voices. I mean, from our generation, who, who beats them? I, I mean, nobody.
1: I don't know who they are. my
2: world, it goes Chris Cornell, Lane Staley, Maynard James Keenan. Oh, yeah? In the rock world. Right, right.
0: From a technical standpoint, I mean, I'd say, yeah, probably, which is ironic considering that he said he had never had any technical training as far as voice training. Um, I mean, definitely, you have to put him, you have to put him. If he's not at the top, he's knocking on the door. And I, and I would I, anyone who puts someone above him based on his technical ability and his range would have to really
2: make a case for it for me I to mean, buy and it to Older people, you want to put them up against Robert Plant. Let's look at Chris Cornell performing at 52 and Robert Plant performing at 52. Yeah. Chris, Chris Cornell wins that battle. Yeah.
0: yeah, I remember that Robert Plant solo album, Now and Zen. <laughs> I saw Paige and not that good. <laughs>
2: I saw and Plant when they went on that uh, reunion tour in '95, and they had to play everything in different tunings because Plant's voice couldn't get up in those registers like they did back in the you know 20 years earlier. Yeah, you know. Well, th- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron.
1: Well, I just wanted to bring up because this whole the, the death of Chris Cornell has been almost surreal for me, kind of as an experience because. Uh, like a lot of that I've talked about today, a lot of this goes back to high school for me, and yeah. I've talked mostly about Bad Motorfinger because that is the album in my from my experience. Yeah, and I'll confess I wasn't like a huge fan of. Uh, I've listened to all of Soundgarden's material, but Bad Motorfinger is the only one that I'll listen to over and over again. That is the the pinnacle of of their music for me, but part of this. You know, I've been doing a lot of actually reflecting on my high school years this last week. And a lot of that is due to the passing of somebody that I was friends with in high school. Actually, I found out about this while we were recording The Last Weedsman. And I just went to, like, send a message to, or send a video link to Chris. And, you know, I... I honestly like do not touch Facebook anymore. I use Messenger and I wanted to send it through that so I pulled up Facebook on my laptop and happened to see the first post that was up there which was from another friend that that I went to high school with posting about uh well I'm, her name was Kim. I'm not going to eulogize her here because I really don't even ha- I'm not in a place to. I this is somebody that I hadn't talked to in 20 years. You know, but, uh, you know, uh, finding out about her death was, uh, I mean, it was shocking. And I certainly grieved for the, this person. And I, it's kind of weird. It, the, the way that it parallels with me for, uh, with Chris Cornell's death is not just because of the, that it takes me back to that same time period, you know. That's around the same time that I was, you know, discovering Soundgarden, I was, uh, discovering Kim and a number of other friends that were all involved in in drama club, actually. That was part of my expansion in in high school of really everything, of just what life could be and friends could be. You know, when you find that, that group that you actually really connect with. And, you know, at the same time that I'm finding out about all different kinds of music... You know, I I mentioned how I was going from like classic rock because that was the only thing I could find good on the radio anymore. Everything else sounded like shit to me. And then a cousin of mine was like, Well, there's lots of shit that doesn't get played on the radio. Take these two cassettes, uh, The Smiths and The Cure, and start there. (laughs) Yeah. Take these two and call me in the morning, going, What the fuck? (laughs) So, yeah, I was finding new music, finding new groups of friends, finding new ways to express myself. And Kim was a person that like I respected so much because she was so amazingly creative and was so not shy about it. You know? I guess I, I've always felt like I was a creative person But was too self-conscious to do Anything with most of it And she Was the complete opposite of that And just a beautiful person All the way around But You know Grieving for this person Who was important to me At that time But I mean Obviously couldn't have been All that important to me I didn't speak to her for 20 years You know It's not like she lived On the other side of the planet she lived in Ann Arbor. She had influence on your life, right? And and I think it's almost the same way with Chris, somebody like Chris Cornell. Who, I mean, I didn't buy all his albums. You know, I had. The, I could have gone and seen him that night, the night before, and went just like, oh, eh, yeah, eh, probably not. You know, it, I don't really go out and see many bands anymore. It, but so, what does that really mean? I guess is the question that I'm asking myself right now. Like, I'm finding that really it just is more about me and my own mortality than it is these people. That's, I right? had the same kind
2: of feeling this week. It was one of those things like, and it's like, oh, it's another part of my youth. Is yeah?
1: Like, I guess there's part of that, and I, it's I can't a big say musical that, like
2: influence like. Like, to me, Soundgarden was a portal, like you were saying, like things that got you into other kinds of music. Soundgarden was one of those bands, right, that let me know that it 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 got me out of. There's more than Metallica, and it it was one of those bridge bands for me that would get me into things like discovering things like Radiohead, The Cure, right, and right. getting into bands like The Smiths, stuff like that. Like, so, yeah, for me, it was just like I was telling Mandy yesterday, like usually celebrity deaths. Nah, whatever. Like this one, I was, was kind of bummed out about this one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just it, said huge as far as just the musical influence. Right when I was learning to play all that stuff,
1: like. Right. And I don't know, maybe it just says something more about myself, too. Yeah, but. Because, but, but,
0: Aaron, I, you said you were close to with her at one point and yeah. you hadn't really talked to her for 20 years. Right. See, I. I mean, I get that, but it doesn't change the impact she had on your life when you were close to her. And it doesn't change the times and the time you guys spent doing whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's... I guess, you know what, here's, here's the feeling, though, for me. It wasn't, it wasn't mortality. It wasn't fear. It wasn't my own death that, that shook me. It was the idea of missed opportunity. You know, and I think part of the reason why I'm I'm not really great about keeping in touch with most people, unless you're somehow involved in my life somehow. Then I'm not likely to pick up the phone and call you. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, certainly. But uh, I guess there's part there's part of my brain that is always like, well, you know, there's always time. And there's not. Hey, man. That's you know, this, was, this was somebody I wasn't completely unaware of her either. It had come across my mind. I, when I friended her on Facebook, I remember looking at what she was doing at the time, and I could have gone to an art fair that she was displaying some of her stuff at in Ann Arbor. And I thought about it, but I didn't. I could have reached out to her. She probably would have welcomed no, me. No, man, I mean, that, that mindset you're talking about is... But see... But all it's a, of
2: this—it's it's a big part of the reason why I'm not relocating right now. Like, there's yeah.
1: losing touch with people. Well, just, yeah.
2: Well, no, just you, know, you say you got that mindset of there's always time, and there's certain situations you can't have that mindset. Kind of. Right. I'm, I'm in that situation with my parents right now. Like. Right. Especially, especially knowing there's a, there's a finite, you know. Definitely. Uh, you what, know, what, component. I mean, to my situation
0: once see once yeah once you either have that wake up call or the wake up call of of losing a parent abruptly out of nowhere yeah that's when that's when it really hits you and I mean I understand where you're coming from Aaron because two years ago a buddy of mine my oldest friend from high school I never stayed in touch with anyone longer in my entire life we had kind of had a falling out and we reconnected and the last time I talked to him, we left it on a good note, but I, it was like six months went by and I kept telling myself, I should, you know, I should give him a call and then whatever came up and then what, you know, I just didn't six months late, you know, after that I get home from work, I get a message from his wife. Yeah. He died the other, he, he died earlier today and yeah. I'm like, what? And the one thing I, I, I kept saying, and I, and I always think of when I think of him is the biggest lie I tell myself is that there's always time and it really, it isn't. And it, the thing that I right. think a lot of people don't get is that when we're all on our deathbeds, if if we're unlucky enough not to just go peacefully in our sleep or or, or some other wonderful way, supposedly, we're not going to be wishing for bigger house, more money, bigger better cars, you're going to want your time more back. T- that's the one thing you can't buy. At the end of your life, you'd be willing to trade more of your life to get ti- more time. That's how, that's how precious that is.
2: Mandy's brought that up a bunch of times. Is you know, um, part of uh, what she had to get her, uh, I think, it was her psychology degrees. You got to you know talk to people in shitty situations. And one of the things that you, uh, you're always told is people on their deathbed. That's the one thing they're they, they always talk. That's the only regret. You know, it's yeah. never I wish I did this is it's the same thing everybody has a common I, I didn't I had, see France. I wish I had more time.
0: And I t- and I'll tell you something it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. Haha. It's it's kind of strange you brought this up because I was thinking earlier today. Ultimately what I'm taking from what the, the Chris Cornell situation is that everybody always thinks there's going to be more time. And even the fellow musicians who who posted tributes to him or or open letters or whatever you want to call it. They all kept saying the same thing. And to me it's like for our generation at least, if you if you if you cared about the man, if you didn't whatever, maybe we need to take this as a kick in the ass because guys, when our parents go, we're the old guard we're the ones that are fucking, we're the elders of the fucking crew here. I mean, there's, there's very few people from World War II left. Most of our grandparents are gone, or I'm not, and I'm not trying to be flip about this, but are on their way out. And our parents are getting older and getting sick as we talk. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be our turn to be the old guard. Right. And the one, thing that, the one thing that I don't, and that I try so hard in the last couple of years of my life to do is Aaron what you said to not to do excuse me is what you said you do I try to pick up the phone I call people and I'm like or message them or text them and go hey what are you doing let's get together and I am constantly surprised at the amount of times I get blown off and I just have to go all right for whatever reason that person isn't in the same mindset as I am like there's a time there's some shit going on there's a definitive beginning to our lives and there's a definitive end. 99.9 to whatever will not know their definitive end date. But I don't want to waste time between now and then. I've wasted so much time up until now. And that's the one thing that I've tried to take from this. And with your friend, it sounds like you're, you're kind of feeling the same thing. Obviously, it's on a more personal level because you knew the, you knew, you knew the woman. But, I mean
1: yeah I, I think that's what it that's there's a logical part of me that responds to oh you well, you'll never see this person again and the logical person the logical part of me says you probably would have never seen her anyway right like again you didn't you did not keep in contact with her for twenty years. you probably would have went the rest of your life doing that so what does it mean losing this person and i guess the only answer i have to that is this is the first person who i made a what i feel like a real personal connection with that is not on this earth anymore right i've been to funerals before i've lost relatives before you know i loved my grandpa i loved my grandma i don't know that i ever i had a you know, I had a connection that anybody would have with a with a close relative like that. But did I ever pour my heart out to these people? There's hey, there's a connection on another level that you make with people and man. when you lose those people it's
2: good news, you're still sucking wind, you can still do it with <laughs> people who are still
1: here. Yeah. Well that's you know- that's the other fear that, that, that looms over me though. Because there's, well, at least one person, there's, there's people. Let's see there's, there's people that I have definitely snubbed and maybe even owe an apology to that I will lose that opportunity. And one of them I'm, I may already have, frankly. Uh, right, the first person that I ever really loved, my first real girlfriend, is, made it clear that she does not want to talk to me anymore. Now, to be fair, this is a few years or more after I made it quite clear that I did not want to talk to her anymore. So it's not like she just pulled this idea out of thin air. But this person is also unstable and off the grid. You know, they could have passed already, and I have no idea. And I'm never going to get that opportunity to do what is ultimately again all of this death it's not about the people that's why I said I don't want to mention Kim's full name I don't want to try and eulogize her because this is about me this isn't about Chris Cornell this is about me right yes. and, and dealing with the fact that I am going to die someday and what do I choose to do up until then
2: hey a life lesson I learned from a weird source 30 Rock <laughs> you can change your headline. I've applied it in a couple areas of my life. Yeah. In the last few years.
1: Well, yeah, we'll see.
2: You can change your fucking headline, sir.
0: You're still I think sucking it also, wind. It, al- it also helps that... I think as life happens, and as unpredictable as it is, eventually, on a long enough timeline, we're all going to get a scare. And it it really... Depends on how we react to that scare. Not the not the first gut reaction, not the oh boy, oh shit, I better I better do something different here. But six months after that gut reaction's happened, did you keep up with it, or did you fall back into old patterns? And yeah. That's hard. To, that's hard to break. And the the only thing I can do when I get like in the, in the type of reflective mood that that you seem to be in, Aaron, is go: Is there anything I can control about that situation? Right. To make it better, right. if that's a, if the answer is no, then as much as it fucking irks me to do that, I have to go. Then I can't worry about it. It doesn't mean I can't have concern for the person or whatever, but there's nothing I can do to change the situation.
1: Right, but but there is a yes to that question, and that's all the people that are still alive.
0: Exactly, and I mean, guys, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, we we pay homage to to at least one of the guys on this podcast. Some of the times we might as well do it. I guess we're having a, a a show meeting on air. That's one of the reasons that, like, I, I've, I've you know brought up to you guys other podcasts, stuff like that. There's a finite amount of time to do this stuff, you know. And I and and I don't this. I, I've I've had a few wake up calls in the last couple of years. I don't want to piss any more time away. And it's just a matter of finding people who are like minded and going, okay, what can we do together?
1: Yeah, yeah. And man. if someone
0: and if someone goes. I'm not you know, I'm interested in this, but not really that. okay, well, hey, no sweat off either of our balls. It's nothing personal. It's just not your thing. I got it. I understand it. I mean, as cheesy as it fucking sounds, you know uh there's a Kevin Smith clip that i that I, I ran across where he's talking about his dad dying, and one of the things he thought of is he thought back to something Wayne Gretzky, that's a hockey player, Aaron. Uh <laughs> I know that one. But
1: uh you know, it it's was on the drinking glass, at least if I didn't yes, break yeah. that one.
0: <laughs> but they went back you know, they did an interview with him and they said, you know, what what would you say to your kids as a as a as a good policy to go through life with? And he goes, You miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. It's that simple. If you never take a shot at something, you can't sit there and go, Boy, I, you know, what if? Because wanting more time is basically we're trying to get what if out of off our back. And we say, oh, I'd get, I wish I had more time. So what we're really saying is, I should have done the thing that took what if out of the equation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rich, I wish I had more time tonight yeah. to talk, but we could, could speaking have of a four fi- hour session. Speaking of finite amount of time, I do have a, a hard out here in a few minutes. Yeah. So. Gotcha. To, to wrap it up.
2: I think we did some award-winning podcasting here tonight, gentlemen. Hey, you think so?
1: <laughs> well, see, we don't down say the wall, so ourselves. Got
2: to our, hey, pop back out of it. Got pretty heavy for about an hour. Wow, it's heavy, heavy. Fucked up, man. I woke up. I lot to think about this to Catch week. my flight home. The first thing I see is the thing Richard sent to our little chat about Chris Cornell. I'm like, ain't that a bitch? Read it like this. Is this is the Soundgarden The whole way home Man
0: And I knew you're the Out of the three of us You're the The all around Bigger Soundgarden head Out of the three of us wow. And I, I waited till I saw it From like four different sources Before I I sent it Because I was like well, I don't want to fuck fucking you? Well the
2: source sent yeah, it With from your emotions pretty, Well it's pretty <laughs> reliable The source you ended up Did sending it from the Major yeah. news Outlet here in Detroit. Yeah,
0: that was the other thing. I was like, no, let me make sure it's a legit source because
2: yeah, like, they're on it. Like, this has got to be something to this. Yeah, was it coming from Newsmax or Infowars or occupydemocratcom Well, hey. that's the other thing. Yeah.
0: I've just my last thought on this whole thing with Chris Cornell and the situation is, it took a matter of five hours to see a news story on social media that someone had commented on. And they started calling it a conspiracy and murder. And I was like, I posted something on Facebook. I was like, people, if you really feel that way, if you really feel that way, take a hammer to your cock and balls and (laughs) destroy them. Or take a white-hot poker and shove it up your gash and fucking cauterize it shut, because we don't need you in our gene pool. Stop. Everything's not a conspiracy.
1: It's kind of like religion. It's like, I understand it. You're scared. You want an explanation. You're freaked out. You don't know what's going on. So, yeah, these are more comfortable things to believe in. But, let's deal with reality <coughs> yeah. a little bit. Yes, yeah, exactly.
2: On that note, all my heroes are fucking dead. Just wait. Maynard, <laughs> take himself out, him, and Kirk Hammett, and then murder suicide. Uh, oh, fucking day. Jimmy Page. <laughs> anyway, thanks for <laughs> downloading us on ChristopherMedia.net, on iTunes. Uh, and, uh, Twitter at Unregimented Pod. You can email the show, unregimented at ChristianMedia.net. Eric got to go, so we'll make this quick. We'll see you next week. Later, Later. guys.